Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Visit BMIFCU.org slash free. It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. So where's the office back at Division? In the office, baby. All right, here we go. On a Friday, great to have you aboard. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, and CB. Boys, how we feeling? Oh, it's a freaky Friday, man. I'm always feeling good. What makes it freaky? Well, it will... It makes what makes it freaky. That that is a great question. I, I got to be honest. When I first started saying that, my mind went to some late night activities. Okay, you know, just curious. Maybe you have date night with your wife, with your girlfriend, whoever you're with, and then you know, you get home and you you light some candles. Maybe you play some some Marvin Gaye or something like that, and it, it turns into a freaky okay. Friday. So I hope everyone can end their Friday okay. maybe in a little uh, freaky fashion. There you, know? you go. So right. for everybody. Thank you for finally clarifying <laughs> that for me. I didn't know whether that was just a trendy thing to say. Yeah, you or throw whether some of it was, this on. You know, wake up, wake up. Because I'm dying. I need some sleep over here. Some, you get some of this going. You know, little bottle of wine. <laughs> it turned into a freaky Friday real quick. The fact that you guys dropped some Marvin Gaye is pretty encouraging to me. Yeah, I just man. maybe the transcended generations, but I didn't think sexual healing transcended. Like we're talking like this is well before my time, even like. Yeah, but it, and maybe that I answered my own question. Like if a song is released like in the seventies or sixties or whatever that was, and they were playing it strong in the eighties, mm-hmm. and now you're talking about. 2020s and you guys brought that up. That's pretty impressive for Marvin. Listen, man, t- music is timeless. Music is timeless. No, no matter when you make it, where you make it, if it's a hit, it's going to live on forever and ever and ever. I, you got on a little flannel today that I might need to borrow. I might need to borrow that. It's interesting. I know colors. this isn't great for radio, but I just wanted to shout you out that AR's in here looking clean today on a flannel Friday. Are you trying to start <laughs> no. flannel Friday? Is that what this Honestly, is? Honestly, this is what happened. Um, Everything has animal hair on it. Okay. So, or pizza sauce. Or, or right. Or pizza sauce. <laughs> now, that's usually with the sweats. I'm not really you. wiping my hands on the upper garment. Okay. That makes me, right? feel, that fi- that makes me feel better. You know, when the pizza's on your lap mm-hmm. and you don't have the paper towel, we've been through this. Yeah, okay. The pizza Sorry. sweats were invented. The greatest inventions in the world sometimes come from people not thinking they wanted to invent something. Um, but anyway, we move on. And... I just decided that winter's almost over, and I haven't worn this flannel shirt. It's a good decision. And I thought, let's throw it on. Yeah. And it seemed like the temp was pretty was perfect for it. Yeah. And so I don't know. And you know, it can get either really cold or really hot in here. 
And so, yeah, I think it's probably right in the 40s, and it's perfect. Yeah, let's put it in the rotation right. a little bit more. Give us some more innings. I, okay. I want to see it get in some more well, there game action. there has to action. be a cutoff. Mid-March? I'm not wearing flannel past. You're not wearing flannel in April. I mean, you could pull up to a nice little, you know, cookout with that on, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Spring vibe, okay. you know. All right, thanks, man. Listen, I'll take it. Your, your fashion eye was is strong, and I'll take the compliment. See, I'm that guy. I've yeah. never, I've never had an issue with shouting out people when I think they look yeah. nice. You know, like if, if you got a nice fit on, I'm gonna let you know. Like I like that hat. I like that suit. Okay. I like those shoes. Like I like showing people love that way, man. Yeah, and it's not that I don't want to take the compliment. It's just some people have a harder time admitting. Oh wait, maybe it does look good. So I you always downplay. Oh no, I'll do it. Like, for it's you. more of like kind of a oh really? I'll be your hype man. All right, you're Paul Heyman. You know um, whatever you need. Outstanding. Well, listen, I the fact is that I only get this is probably the only shout out I've had in the last couple of years. So what does that tell you? That there's nothing that I've had on That's that is true. deserved. That's not true. Because really? I'll shout out the hockey and hounds gear. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. See, I'm that guy. I'm that Very guy. Nice I'll do the same thing for CB when he's bouncing around between his Baker jerseys and his Deshaun jerseys, and he doesn't know which quarterback he loves anymore. Like you know, I'll still show you some. All more. right, fantastic. Uh, we got a nice little show for you today. We got Marcus Mosier on, who's locked on Cowboys. We had that big discussion yesterday on Dak, and moving on, what can this team do? I mean, they are just the the regular season power. While Philadelphia was imploding, they had a chance to step through that door and step over them. And they didn't do it. He also works for the Raiders Wire, so we got a lot going on there. Uh, Max Chadwick will jump on the program in the second hour, so he is the prospect king of as far as the combine goes for pro football focus. And then Billy Landis uh, from the podcast Kings of the North. We'll talk Buckeyes with him at two thirty three. We are set. Did you guys lock into the uh, raised floor event last night? You know, I love it was a non peacock, so that's good. Yeah, felt good. Have a little Big Ten action there, but yeah, I. Uh, I was locked into the barn and, you know, mm-hmm. one, one, one that enjoyable. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. They you, love getting down eight nothing, don't oh, they? Man. I thought maybe if they won last night getting down eight nothing like they did to Purdue, yeah. I would be like, hey, man, this is the recipe. Just lull them into thinking they got you. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, hey, or the, the defense is just a problem, man. It's just, it's a problem. You mentioned that AO hole there and Minnesota went on a run right they before out of time. They did. It's just yeah. those pockets of time throughout the game can can come back to haunt you. And I don't know if it was 10-2 or 10-0 run right before half, but I know Minnesota did did go on a run and it's it's just another game to where a, another team against the Buckeyes is very efficient from the floor and 50% um, for Minnesota. And I know one thing that we talked about yesterday is in a game where you're going up against a pretty potent offensive team, at least within the Big Ten, you got to do all those little things, defense and rebounding. And that was just a huge problem because, you know, what in Minnesota, they almost cooked up, what, 22nd chance points in the game? And they grabbed a bunch of offensive rebounds. And for Ohio State, those have just been things that have popped up all year as issues. And that's why uh, you are where you are within the Big Ten right now. It was one of those things where I think Minnesota's better. I was talking to my dad last night, and he he doesn't follow this as closely as I do. But he said, Ohio State's getting getting killed right now. Is it 22 to 9 or whatever it was? And I said, and I said to him on the phone, I go, well, yeah, a little surprising they're getting cracked like this right now. I go, but but Minnesota is probably a better team, Dad. And he's like, what? What do you mean they're a better team? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's reality, and you better get back to it because this is what happened with Purdue was its own vacuum. 
And we acknowledge that. And it was almost adding a little more pressure to them, even though they want to play free, freely, that they this is what they are. Mm-hmm. And so you knew you couldn't manufacture, remanufacture what they had. You only get your coach fired once. Right? They didn't get him fired twice. <laughs> and so and here's the other thing. Minnesota had a lot to play for. I was thinking, because I do like their coach, and I was thinking, like, what was his pep talk? Like, you got a team coming in here that lost their coach. They don't know which way they're going. They could come in here and just start launching and play freely and all that. If I'm that coach, I'm saying, I'm coming out there. We have so much more to fight for tonight. We have so much more. And and, and I don't know if coaches do this. I'll have to ask Dockage. I wonder if coaches ever say in their final pep talk to their team before they leave, hey, reminder, you're better than them. Mm. I wonder if coaches do that because – I wonder if they stop short of that, of thinking, because that's result-oriented. And because that's what went through my mind. is like a guy that would want to be leading that team out there and go, hey, just don't forget, yeah. you're better than that. Nice little confidence boost on your way out. Yeah. Nice little confidence boost on your way out. I think I heard some lyrics in, you know, in there that when you were laying what? out your thoughts on the game. Did I hear a little back to life? Back to life. Oh, jeez. Oh, I thought I heard it in there. I think I, I guess I did drop go. a back. Little soul to soul, baby. This is Ohio State's theme song this year. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate. Part. It's a pretty good song if it's gonna be, but you, it's just aligned with something that's negative. My God, I mean, seventeenth straight road loss back to reality. That is, record. by the way, that is a program record. I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not where you want to. Be. So that isn't really back to reality. That's a new reality yeah, they just right. set. I guess you're right. Well done, CB. So yeah, I mean, you had a strong start from battle in the first half, and he was dealing with the boo birds, and overall, yeah. he was good, right? He was good. You not- expected him to be locked in. Yeah, he was locked in the first game here, but this is different. This is going For back sure. home. No question, yeah. right? With a lot of familiar you know, faces and all, all of those things that happen when you go back to a former program that you play for. So he did his part. Bruce was tremendous in the second half, very quiet in the first half, but really good in the second half. He ends up with 25. Battle ends up with 21. That wasn't the problem. I mean, you almost scored 80 points in this game, but you gave up 88, and that's the most Minnesota has scored against any Big Ten opponent this season. They got some dudes, man. They, they do. And they I got, just, you know, they they settled. Well, they didn't settle. They hit those outside shots to start the game. Yeah. Gives you a lot of confidence. But I think what I admire about them is they, they didn't just settle. When they had moments where they could fake at the three-point line and take it to the rack and get fouled, and they did, and they went to the line. CB, why did, um, I don't remember the true story. Why did Battle leave there? What was, what was the whole point of that? Well, he probably wanted to go win. He's never been to the tournament. Oh no! Well, that that's not that, that didn't work that out. Didn't did work it? out. He's going to watch his whole team probably go. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that that was Minnesota's got a lot of work to do. But I mean, they do, but they can make their way there. You think they won't get it? I have to look at their schedule, but I think they've got a shot. Where no, are they? In their bra- non-conference was horrible. So they're not in bracketology right now. No, not even no. Oh, okay. Because they were Jess Settles was talking last night about how they were looking to kind of play yeah, their was, play their they way. They probably into have this to thing. like reel off some wins come tournament time. Okay. What is the big? So the Big Ten's going to get what? Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin. Did Northwestern wind up? They want to beat Michigan last night. They were down big early at home. So that's four. Is Nebraska getting in? Yeah. We got there's. They got to get more than four teams. Sparty. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sparty's in that. And then wouldn't you? They're put kind the of in the five to six range. So if the Big Ten gets six teams in, Minnesota wouldn't be one of the six. I don't believe so. Oh, uh, I'm going to look okay. up. Uh, Lunardi actually just dropped his latest bracketology, so I'll look at that. Okay, yeah. Off the press. Well, the good news for them is they did have a lot to play for, and they do get a chance. I just looked up their schedule. They do go to Illinois. But he's right. They really haven't beaten anybody of consequence. They lost to Wisconsin at home, and they lost to Purdue on the road. But I did notice this. If you really want to predict last night's game, and I think a lot of people riding the high on Ohio State, oh, maybe I grab them plus 135, maybe they win the game. The combination of Ohio State being atrocious on the road and Minnesota being very good at home, that's a big gap. So if you just bought into that, worst team in the conference on the road, Mm -hmm. one of the best teams in the conference at home, that should have been enough for you to say, eh, I'm either staying away or I'm betting the Gophers. Man, when you when you you brought up the 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 home and road splits for Ohio State, like this is there's a real chance that this year's Buckeye basketball team may not win a single game on the road in the conference. That's they haven't won since what New Year's Day of 23. It's rough at Northwestern when they hammered them, and the chances are at Sparty this weekend and at Rutgers to end the year. Which is a tough place to play. There is some good news. Akpara did block a shot for the 33rd straight game, which passes Gregory Oden. That's big time for him. And he might get Ken Johnson, my boy from okay. the late 90s. He's been a force down there. He really has. Even when he's not blocking shots, he's a threat. But just everything else around him defensively is it's a problem. All right, we are off and running. We'll come back with an NFL story. This could be... Either a PR nightmare or very smart business. Which side are we on? We'll tell you next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. The Big Nine was a sad, incomplete place. Enter Ohio State. The rest is history. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. This is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Uh, The Browns have a guy named Nicholas Jamal Chubb, NJC. Just made that up for him. I don't think it'll catch on. The uh, Browns have a business decision to make. And it may be harder than you think, except from a PR standpoint. It's kind of like I said last week, the Jackets aren't trading Boone Jenner. Like, they've done it before. I mean, they've traded Cam Atkinson. Hard decisions are made. When Torts came in, thank God he convinced them about Johansson and, you know, wound up eventually getting Seth. And, like, things have to change sometimes. And that's why I say somebody's got to make hard decisions. This is a pretty, this may sound easy, but it's not. This guy's coming off a massive knee problem. Right? I mean, how many... I'd have to go back and look and see... He had a couple surgeries. Yeah, two surgeries. Right, yeah. you're right. That's been reported, and, and now it's just a question of what are the Browns going to do with Nick Chubb? 
Well, we found out yesterday after we left, uh, Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com, longtime Browns reporter, she put out an article and the headline reads, why the Browns have no plans to cut Nick Chubb and when he'll be back on the field. So the first part is pretty clear reporting from her that he's going to be a part of this roster in some form or fashion. The The bigger part for me is, do we see him back on the field this year? And this guy, as we all know, has been an absolute monster. He's arguably the best running back in the sport. His combination of power and speed is just absolutely through the roof. And everything you hear about him as a dude, he's a great teammate and he's soft-spoken. You hardly hear anything from Nick Chubb outside of his play and just being an absolute problem for defenses. But because of how gruesome this injury is and because of tough financial decisions that you have to make when you have the Deshaun contract and some other big contracts on the books, it raises the question of should they keep him around? I got to tell you, this is going down the road. I'm not going there yet, but it would be categorized as being heartless based on what you said. But this is also reality. This guy, you said he is. I don't know if he still is that guy that you described. We don't know. You're coming off two surgeries. There are obvious questions about his ability to be that guy again at at that position. And so he would, I mean, you're saving $12 million by cutting him. They are over the cap, I believe, currently. And so I have no problem with why this wouldn't be considered. But you do also have to consider the nightmare of the public relations side of it. Now, would fans get over it? Of course, they get it. But it does go into the heartless category. They gave him $36 million in 2021. So, but the dead cap, if they were to cut him, it's only $4 million dead cap if he were to be cut. Yeah. He's got a cap hit this year of almost $16 million. He's 28, not old, but it's the surgeries. Cutting him is not easy. You have to know and be able to see this. By the way, what's the second part of it? When's he, when is he back? Did right. she say it's a major? It's a major. I did. She didn't lay out a timeline or exact date or anything like that. It's just a floating question for everybody: is when this guy is going to come back? Here's how you do it. And this may be the middle ground of the heartless part of it. Somehow you have to restructure this. That way, you help your business, and you also make sure you don't just discard him like nothing. That feels better to me. That feels better to me because I would have to ask myself a very famous question that you created. Would he come back to haunt me? And his peak is very, very spooky if that guy returns. Now, we've seen in other sports that when guys deal with gruesome injuries, you're not the same guy. Look at what's happening with Clay Thompson and Golden State. He suffered horrible injuries, and since then, he doesn't look like the same guy that was being tabbed as the second-best shooter of all time behind Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. That is very real. But the other side of that is the what-if, and I still believe that this guy can be a factor. I would need some other reinforcements around him because even if Nick Chubb was coming into this season healthy, I think they need a little bit more. And what that if you back cut road. him and signed somebody else? Now, now Barkley, that, Henry, yeah. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. It's not. It's it's not a bad plan. 
You're in Team Cut'em. I can't. No, oh, you, you're, you're, you're in Team Cut'em. I made sure that I said I'm not on that team. I was on Team Restructure. Yeah. But the odd part, and here's the irony, you go to the, the doctors, the trainers, and you're asking these questions trying to get both sides of the answer, not just hope, hey, is he going to be okay? Like, yeah. to give, me, give me the timeline. You're actually asking because of the business side. Because if they tell you, hey, this is not easy, man, coming back, it, it, one cut the wrong way. Now, that could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing up the reality of sports. As you should. And that there are a number of intriguing backs that are about set to hit the market. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy that you can cut and save and use that money for a guy that's healthy. It is, quote, team heartless. That's why I don't think they would do it. I think it's unlikely they will do it. It's a very, that's a very odd message to send to your fan base. But they're, I checked, they're nearly 20 million over the cap. Now they have a number of restructure guys that we can do, but he could be one of them. And an extension would lower his cap hit and it would also show, but it would say one thing. They're not stupid. They're not restructuring, giving him an extension if they're not confident that he's going to be fully recovered. Right. And that will be the answer. And that's really the only answer when it comes to this. So it'd be interesting to see how much urgency they can get out of the answer of what his outlook is. The other avenue that you have is the draft. And you have a couple fifth-round picks. You've got a couple sixth-round picks. You do have a second and a third-round pick. And there's a couple running backs that they want to keep kind of that same mold of back where you get the kind of bruiser and guy that has some speed. Like A couple of those guys are available from in, in my eyes. You got Andrek Estime from Notre Dame. We saw him. I think he can be helpful in the league. But even a guy like Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. You got Trey Benson from Florida State. It's a pretty good running back draft, in my opinion. And so those are the type of moves I think they should make regardless. Because Jerome Ford, was he was okay. He was okay. Mm -hmm. But I think they can get a little bit more from somebody else and get some youthful legs in that running back room. So I think they should invest in a running back at some point in this draft. And we've seen, of course, everybody likes to go to the Pacheco examples and all that. You don't have to wait that long, in my opinion. I think if you have a running back, once you get past the third round that you really like, I'm good with you spending a fourth, fifth round pick on somebody that can be helpful. So I think they should identify somebody in the draft, too, um, that can help them out with the run game. The Raiders need to identify a quarterback, and I think there could be about 10 guys who could actually start for them this coming season. We'll ask Marcus Mosier about it next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The perfect afternoon parlay. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. A lot of NFL stories going on. Uh, Marcus Mosier is all over it. He's locked on Cowboys, Raiders, Wire, all that good stuff. Marcus, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Hey, how many uh, quarterbacks do you think could be the Raiders starter this year? (laughs) That's a great question. Like, There's probably eight different ones, like probably four in the draft, five in the draft, a couple in free agency. Uh, If I had to bet on who's going to start week one, I would say Aiden O'Connell. But I don't feel great about it. Is there somebody via a trade that you think would even be reality for them? I think the Raiders are doing whatever they can to move up inside the top four picks. They talked all offseason about how 
they need to be aggressive in finding the next quarterback. They tried to trade up to one last year to select C.J. Stroud, and in hindsight, they wish they would have done that, obviously. So I don't think Mark Davis, Tom Telesco, the new GM, and Antonio Pierce are just going to wait around. I think they're going to be very aggressive trying to get their next franchise quarterback. You mentioned Antonio Pierce. His name was in the news this week because of a nice little comment he made about Patrick Mahomes and, you know, connecting that a little bit to what the Detroit Pistons did back in the day against Michael Jordan. Like, what was your reaction when you heard that? Because I think the reactions were all, were all over the place. Was that a big deal for you or is that kind of just football guys being football guys? It, listen, it's one of the reasons why Antonio Pierce is the head coach of the Raiders right now is because he's got a different mentality and a different attitude than a lot of the coaches in the league and the players really gravitate towards that. And it's the reason why they were able to go to Kansas city and beat the, the chiefs this year and beat Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to apologize for anything he says or does. And they want to be the Raiders, right? They want to be the outcasts of the NFL. They want to be a little bit different. And I think that's why Antonio Pierce kind of fits this team well. Yeah, he's there's a Dan Campbell feel to him, right? I mean, nobody was complaining or criticizing Campbell when he came in with some of those fun sound bites and ready to get after teams. This one towed, no. this one towed the line, though. And here's the great follow-up, and I asked Maddie about this. I'll ask you. You know, I wish uh, Max Crosby so Actually, not him. I don't know if they would have done this, but if there was a media person, they might have said... You know, would you be willing to take an unsportsmanlike? Now, that would have got him into all sorts of trouble. And that's why he wouldn't have been able to say that. But at least it would have illustrated maybe where he is in his mind. Because I think it's more of just, hey, be relentless. Just be relentless. It's very much Normandale Hoosiers. I want to know what, you know, flavor gum this guy's chewing after the game, right? Yeah, he he just wants his team to be physical. And he wants them to always play with that underdog mentality. Because they kind of are. You look at the talent on this team, it's not a super talented team. At least right now, they're hoping that changes. So they've, they've got to play with a little bit of an edge. And I think that's what works really well with this current team. I, now, maybe that would change down the road. But, again, this is the reason that Antonio Pierce got hired to be the Raiders head coach is because he's been able to connect to the players and get them to play with that attitude and that edge. And that's what you're going to need in the AFC with all those really good quarterbacks. Marcus, I want to slide over to some Cowboys talk with you, man. I know you do a good job of covering Mm -hmm. Dallas as well. I want to go back to Mike McCarthy and your reaction to how quickly it seemed that Jerry Jones and the front office locked back into Mike McCarthy without talking to guys like Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. Like how much of a surprise was that for you? Well, let's, let's say this. Um, I don't think the Cowboys didn't put out feelers as to who could potentially replace Mike McCarthy. I think they did their due diligence behind, you know, back channels and all of that kind of stuff. And I don't think they were thrilled with any of the options out there. And I know that includes Bill Belichick. I think they felt like, let's give Mike McCarthy the last year of his deal. Let's let him kind of play out the contract and see how it goes. And maybe next offseason there'll be better candidates available. Uh, I, honestly, I wasn't surprised. When you win 12 games every year, Jerry Jones cares about the Cowboys being relevant. Mike McCarthy has kept them very relevant. It's not surprising to me at all. they have any options with Dak Prescott other than to 
try to get him to take uh, less than $60 million. I, I said to Maddie the other day, I mean, you know, they didn't get anything for their money when they paid him all that other money. So what, are they going to add another $15, 20000000 It seems he's got leverage, but do they have any options here? They have a couple options. Um, now, the, I think the most likely option is to give him a three-year extension to take him through the 2027 season. I think that's ultimately what gets done. They could let him just play out this final year. Now his cap number is $59 million. It's going to make it really hard to retain any of the talent they had. I think that's the least likely option. But one of the options that they do have is they could actually add void years to his current contract, lower his cap number, and give them a little bit more flexibility. But this would still be a you know one-year deal for Prescott. He could leave in 2025. I get the feeling that that's becoming more and more of a possibility that tacking on some, some void years to give them a little bit more cap relief and letting Dak kind of play out the season. Then we'll find out how committed they are to him in 2025. What's this running back room going to look like? I know Michael Parsons, I believe, talked to Stephen A. Smith, and he said that he does think that Tony Pollard is in every down back. How do you think that room's going to take uh, shape this offseason? Who do you think is could be their RB1 when we get to the fall? Well, this actually ties into Dak Prescott a little bit. If you're going to be paying Dak upwards of $60 million a year, you've got to find a couple positions to cut back on. And the Cowboys, over the last several years, have been paying a ton of money for running backs, whether that's Ezekiel Elliott, whether it's Tony Pollard on the franchise tag, Heck, they're even paying Ezekiel Elliott $7 million for the 2024 season because of dead cap money. I think that's a position that they're going to have to go cheap at this year. And to me, that means drafting a guy probably in the third or fourth round. Maybe you try to bring in a veteran just to give you somebody there. Maybe you try to go out and get a A.J. Dillon or Gus Edwards. But it, I don't expect Tony Pollard to, to be back in 2024. Talk with our friend Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys and the Raiders Wire. All right, let me take, as long as Maddie took you down the running back road, I'll take you back to the Raiders. So when they tagged Josh Jacobs, he said, screw you, I'm not signing that tag. Well, they mm-hmm. wound up getting a one-year contract done with him, I think was slightly more than the tag, which is fine. So we got a little more money out of them. But if he didn't sign that one, it's certainly probably not going to sign if they do it again. But do they want to prevent him from hitting the open market? What do you think they should do? March 5th, I guess, is the deadline to franchise or transition tag him. Yeah, they're not going to to put the franchise tag on him this year. They're going to let him hit free agency. And this one's really tricky because Josh Jacobs loves the Raiders. He loves the organization. He wants to be part of this Antonio Pierce era. But I'm not sure Tom Telesco, the new GM, is all that interested in paying a lot of money to a running back. And then on top of that, they drafted this kid, Zamir White, from Georgia in the fourth round in the 2022 draft. He got to start the final five games of the year when Josh Jacobs was out. Looked incredible. And I just wonder if the Raiders are going to be like, you know, Josh, thank you for your five years with this team. Uh, but we're going to go in a different direction. I think Josh Jacobs is looking for a longer-term deal, and I don't think he's going to get it from the Raiders. So one of the rumors out there this offseason was that, you know, Aaron Rodgers may want to link back up with Devontae Adams. Like, What have you heard from the Raiders side of things or whether or not if the Jets would come a call and would they be interested in doing that deal at all for Devontae? 
Yeah, let's just be very clear. The Jets would love to do a deal for Devontae Adams. They sniffed around at the trade deadline last year, and the Raiders weren't interested. I get the sense that Devontae Adams is actually pretty happy in Las Vegas. He advocated for Antonio Pierce, uh, so he was very happy about that. He advocated for Luke Getze, who is now their offensive coordinator, who he worked with in Green Bay. I know the quarterback situation isn't ideal in Las Vegas, but I don't think Devontae Adams is all that interested in getting up and moving once again. I I would be pretty surprised if the Raiders moved him unless they just got an offer that they couldn't refuse for him. Speaking of Vegas, they pulled it off. They got the Super Bowl, and they wound up getting a great game out of it. I do believe... There was limited attendance, I think. Was it like 62,000, maybe the smallest yep. Super Bowl yep. history outside of the COVID season? Um, how did you think they, they pulled it off? Pretty good first impression? Yeah, I think the game itself was really really well done. I think the the whole media week was excellent. Uh, although I know some of my colleagues were kind of dragging by the time we got to the end of the week. I think a week long in Vegas is a little bit too much for uh, for most people. But, no, I won't be surprised if we get another Super Bowl in Las Vegas relatively soon. It's just it's set up so well to have an event like that uh, that I, I just can't see the NFL not doing it again soon. I mean, the economic impact of a Super Bowl is one thing. An economic impact of a Super Bowl in Vegas is mm. on, on Roy. So it's, uh, and you're right, by the way, I, I think it was four or five days was a little long for us because you can hear my voice. I'm still, this is going to linger, by the way, till spring. My four days in Vegas, just extrapolate that to about, that equals about a month. So, uh, yeah, you can use it though, when you're here in Vegas all the time. Yeah, you, you, you build up an immunity to, our, to it a little bit. Yeah. All right, man. Immunity, pills, whatever it takes. Um, <laughs> all right. We, we really appreciate you jumping on. You tackled a lot of good stuff for us today. Have a great weekend. Yeah, but you guys too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Marcus Mosier, our friend who's locked on Cowboys and the Raiders wire, two very intriguing franchises moving forward. We'll come back and we'll tackle overs and unders next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. If you haven't thought about Buckeye football today, I'm sorry to tell you that you're dead. Our condolences. Your home of the Buckeyes. The Fan. Rothman and Ice present Overs and Unders. Sponsored by Buyers Mazda. BuyersMazda.com. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyers Mazda. All right, CB, fresh slate now, post-Super Bowl. That's right. Ray AR, Rock. you were out last week, so you didn't get the answer to the question of over-under Zach Eady, two-and-a-half uncalled three-second violations last week. <laughs> um, I didn't count it because it's very uh, hard to do. Who counts but that, Twitter? I'm sure, I'm sure it hit the over at some point. For me, it did watching the game, CB, definitely. <laughs> All right, we will you actually... Hang out in the paint a little too long. Just, yeah, blow the whistle, Parks man. himself there. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what, I don't see many three-second violations anymore. Like you know in what general. you also don't see anymore is the when they had a high emphasis on the flop warning, mm-hmm. the technical fouls, you don't see that at all. Yeah, I need them the refs to get their two short arm when it comes to Zach Eady. Blow the whistle, okay? It's ridiculous. Keep your eye out for it next um, time you watch it. All right, will do. All right, so this one could be a little sketchy because Donovan Mitchell did not play yesterday, but his over-under, if he plays against the 76ers, is over-under 27.5 total points. Yeah, this is an easy over for me. He's refreshed, mm-hmm. coming out of the All-Star break. Maybe he's got a little bit of that Vegas bug that AR has, or had, I, I should say. No, it's lingering. It's it's still hanging, but you're, you're crawling out of it, I think, I day know. by day. No? It might be a flare-up. Oh, okay. Back to the I.L. 
<laughs> for AR. But yeah, you're going up against Philly and they'll throw, you know, Tobias Harris at him and Buddy Hill. And those guys don't spook me too much. He's and he's absolutely just a bucket, man. He's one of the best in the league, top five in scoring. I'm going mm-hmm. over. If it's that easy for me, he did hit him up for 36 about, what, 10, 11 days ago? So that was pretty strong. Um, Yeah, it, very rarely would he just lay an egg and score like 15. Now he's done it. Didn't he have nine the other night or whatever? That was in the All-Star game. I mean, I'm sorry, in the All-Star game. Yeah, but when did he have 15? He had 15, I can't remember, it was a few games ago. Anyway. I'll ride the over with you on this. I think it's more likely hits the over, and that's how we got to refer to these things. What's more likely? All right, number two, Roddy Gale. Isaiah. Roddy Gale at Michigan State on Sunday. The over-under for his total points is 13 and a half. My guy. This is another one that's right there, man. He he can do this. Did he have 13 last night? I think it's right on the nose. He's yeah, not listening anymore. Yeah, I, he he's totally checked out of this no, out of our show. No, what's funny is uh, when I said Roddy Gale Jr., I've got Matt Andrews here over here doing the Roddy Gale Jr. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah. AR, 13 on the nose last he night. He did. He Only hit. seven field goal attempts in the game. So not mm. a lot of shots getting put up in the last two games for Roddy Gale. Yeah, he doesn't throw up a ton of shots. Yeah. I'm going to... Boy, he could, he could definitely do this, but I think Michigan State pretty good defensively, and I'm going to take the under. He could, st- you know, give him a dozen points. I'm good with that. I'll take the under on 13. That's where I'm at too, Bruce. Bruce and this Jay- isn't 13 and a half. It's just 13. Yeah, no, 13 and, it's 13 and a half. Okay, all right. I'm going under with you, okay. AR. I just Jamison and Bruce soak up so much, and we saw last night that you know Coach Diebler. You know, Royals out there, Chapman's out there. He he threw some guys out there that haven't been getting a ton of minutes this year, so maybe that takes away from Roddy as well. So, yeah, give me the under, CB. All right, tonight for the uh, Jackets, they'll play the Sabres. Boone Jenner, his over-under for shots on goal on Bet365 is set at three and a half. This is one of those where I usually air the under when we get the three and a half. And what happens is he'll either shatter this thing and throw up like seven, <laughs> And then you're fine, you'll lose it, or you'll be okay. And I, I'm erring on the what's more likely to happen. Two and a half, I'd hammer the over. Three and a half, I'm going to stay under that. Give me the OVA. Give me the OVA for this three out of the last five games for mm. our captain. He's cooked up at least four shots on goal. One of those games, AR, was Has nine. He? It was nine. Wait, you're saying and the last three? Three out of the last five games. He's put up at least four shots. What's he done the last two games? On goal. He gave you three and he gave you two. So So he's been under that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I said three of the last five. I'm looking at four. I've got nine. I've got four. The last two games, he's been under this. That's why I expanded it to five. I see what you you did. I try to make myself feel a little better by expanding this to (laughs) five. So I'm going with the over, CB. All right, Crews start their 2024 season tomorrow against Atlanta United. The over-under for the Crews total goals in that game, one and a half. See, some might tell you, CB, that there's this thing called a championship hangover. I'm here to tell you that ain't happening. That ain't happening. We're going with the over for our reigning and defending champion, Columbus Crew. OVA, baby. Yeah, this is one of the best attacking teams in the league, especially last season. It seems like every time they play Atlanta, they get to at least two goals. So... Every trend would tell you this might even go over the total as far as the game goes. So I will take the over with you. They should be able to net two goals against Atlanta. It's like clockwork usually with with them at Atlanta.
All right, we'll do the Buckeyes team total at Michigan State this weekend. Pretty good at getting into the 70s on mm-hmm. the road outside of the Wisconsin game, but we will set it at 72 and a half. It's a tough one because I just said that Michigan State is pretty good defensively, and I think they're one of the best in the league as far as points against. And so they should be pretty jacked up to kind of keep it right around there, 70-71. So I'm going to... Go against the trend and take the under. You you highlighting Michigan State's defense is the right thing to do because they are second in the conference in points okay. per game allowed. And on offense, they're pretty darn efficient as well. They're fourth in the conference in field goal percentage, shooting 47%. Off the top today, we talked about how bad the Buckeye defense has been. And that that's an issue, that combination that Sport, Sparty's going to throw at them. Uh, so because of that, CB, I, I will go with the under, big dog. And we will finish up with the weather here in Columbus, Ohio. It's going to be a very nice Sunday. We will do over-under for the high temp for the weekend, 51 and a half. Yeah, AR told me he's got tea time on Sunday. No. Is that, that's not accurate? Oh, Mad Max is feeding me bad information from Turtle? It might be a tea time in the old sh- Turtle Shack okay. with the simulator. There we go. That Ins- would work. Okay, inside, yeah. outside, doesn't matter. You can get your golf on. Yeah, CB, give me the over, man. I think we're getting to 52-53 uh, this weekend. Just a guess. Yeah, I think we're going to toe the line on that. I, I do not want to go under on 51 and a half, so I'll take the over. Seems like anytime we're really close on that, mm-hmm. it always does go over. Anytime I think, like, let's say you looked at the forecast for Sunday and it says 51. Yeah. And he makes the over under 51 and a half. You're like, okay, the experts are telling me go under. Mm-hmm. Seems like it always goes over. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out for that because I haven't been studying that. Let me ask much. you this. What is the forecast for Sunday? Uh, 51. It is 51. Okay. So what that tells you is the, the uh, meteorologists are saying that we should take the under. Okay. We're asking the experts. I like that you're getting in your Bill Nye the Science Guy yeah. bag here. You know, you're really... So are we getting a change of your pick then? Yeah, no. what this is? No. Oh, what okay. I'm saying is it always they always seem to be slightly wrong okay. because they're allowed to be. I'm, a, I'm sticking with my over, but I, I appreciate that whole research. deal back in the day. Three-degree guarantee. It's not a three-degree guarantee. It's a seven-degree guarantee. You pick the number, and you get three on each side of it. That's a nice window, isn't it? But they sell it as three degrees. Uh Uh-uh. See how that works? Like a carnival. Try to, you know, it's like the hoop that's too small at the state fair. Yeah, they get you with that. That's a problem. And those things are tight. Those rebounds are going into the funnel cake stand. Can't be having track that thing down. Yeah, we messing with my funnel cakes, man. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back top of the hour. We got a sports center update that we'll hit you up with. Second hour of the program, which will include the pressure cooker and the quarterbacks. Who's got some proving to do? We'll tell you next. Rothman and Ice on the fans. We're known for three things: games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The fan, Ohio sports destiny. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Second on the program, Rothman and Ice. Pressure cooker coming up at 120. Hey, Maddie, I just want you to know that the... You know, you're going to be very interested in this. But the salary cap in the NFL is going to be about $255 million per team. They're going to have an additional $74 million. Yeah. Uh, for the club, for you know, player benefits and mm. performance-based stuff, and benefits for the retired players and all that. But the total is going to be around three hundred thirty million per team. Um, so that's if you do the math on that, that's going to be more than ten billion league-wide. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. each club's going to go up about 30 mil. So that's pretty much unprecedented. And so... Yeah. Where'd this yeah. money come from, AR? It's poof out of nowhere? Because guess what? You know what my saying is. The cap be capping. Yeah, the, the cap, cap is the result of the, the... We're repaying all the money that that uh, was deferred mm-hmm. by the players during the COVID and all that. And so yeah. I just want you to know that cap space the salary cap is out there now. Cap space. My, and you it's know been what? announced <laughs> as a, <laughs> a very serious thing. Oh, man. I really missed my calling. I the capologist thing would have been just perfect. Oh, that's too much math. Like, well, no, just being able to go into the, to the wow. GM have them call on you, say, okay, where are we? How can we finagle these numbers? Can you help me cook these books a little bit? That doesn't sound very enjoyable to yeah, me. Probably it sounds not. like I'm back in sixth grade. It's a lot in of math cubicle stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, well, maybe is, I could work remote. I told you what you're calling. Sounds like a hybrid was. position. Your calling, your calling was PGA Tour Radio traveling the world yeah. to the best course. Once you get animals, that's the tough part. Well, you want to be home with them. You, you could pull like a Mark Calcavecchia. Who, try, who went Winnebago style with the dogs and stuff like that, or go full Madden and then mm-hmm. just live in a van. Yeah, down by the river. Exactly. That that would have been it. Um, it. Because once you do, that's it. When you're single and you got no responsibilities, then it's perfect. Travel the world and do all that. And at that time, the Golf Channel was kind of in its infancy in the beginning. And yeah. there were definite thoughts about it. I but can anyway. just see you crushing that role, man. Just, hey, we're on hole seven here. In my flannel shirt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just keep piling it on today. You know what? I'm going to talk to some the people. Golf, see if we, the if, golf flannel. If they came a call in right now, like I said, it's tough. What would be, how much money would you <laughs> need? What would, what would your AAV need to be to do that right now? I'll tell you, I think if you just went the benefits route, oh, like, okay, we're going to custom coach this thing or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, I might just do it. A little private jet action. Partial hobby. Net jets. Right. Take the dogs. Gear. Take all, everything. That's what I mean. You. That's it. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. So anyway, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the breaking news I'm on Cap you, man. Space. Yeah, that, I just that, wanted you to know. That was what I was waiting for all day today. <laughs> the numbers. Because I know you know how real and serious it oh, can get. You're trying to get everybody under that cap. They can do whatever they want with the... Cap space in the NFL. It's crazy. Uh, a lot of dudes are going into the pros. We talked about them. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. Mm, Spencer Rattler. Rattler's going. Yeah, man. Um, how about, Let me ask you this. Yeah. How's our guy Jordan Travis doing? I haven't heard much about Jordan Travis. It, that's, that was the big... And I hated yeah. that he had to be the jumping off point for me. That's it's tough. It is tough, and because they they had a team that was very very strong, and they built it well, right? Went into the portal and came into Big Ten country, grabbed Keon Coleman from Michigan State and some other guys from other universities, and it really clicked well until he didn't, and he had that gruesome injury. So yeah, I haven't heard much about him. Ar, I'm sure that's going to be a grind. Right? Draft or no draft? Does he get drafted? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't know his injury deal. Boy, that's a good question. I would have to think. Like it feels like a is he gonna like a fifther? Fifth, okay, so he, fifth, sixth round. Go with type the dra- of okay, I'll go with the draft. Yeah. By the way, there are very few people when we were in Vegas and we we're doing Radio Row. It's head on a swivel. I mean, it's everything. It's it's former players, reporters, media people, a lot of good looking people. Mm. Just every, it's just all over the place. That's it, real. It, it is a circus. But there was one person. 
that caught Maddie's eye, I remember, that he was entranced by, like that there was almost like a mythological figure. Do you Can you predict who I'm talking I about? I think you're highlighting my reaction to a scenario that I, uh, I saw unfold that involved Sam Hartman. Correct. I see. Uh, we know each other very well. So Sam Hartman has been kind of tabbed as one of the most handsome men in college football. And so... I we were doing our show and behind us were you know a couple of ladies that were not married and what's the term dressed to the nines? Thought they, they were. were uh, I don't think they were dressed to thrill. I think it was more like dressed for the occasion. Well, there was some like, some some high heel action going on. You and, and you I know, differed a little bit on this. It, I felt like they were more in the corporate kind of situation. I think, you know, you could wear those outfits and get into okay. the club. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But Sam Hartman was doing an interview and he was up on a stage and when he got done the two ladies that were right behind us at Radio Row at our table they they waved him over. They waved him over. Now, I have no idea what the conversation was about, but I think I know what mm. the conversation was about. And if he would have shown any type of interest in these women... Talk about a freaky Friday. <laughs> Sam Hartman would have been getting busy. Let's just let's just leave it at that. So yeah, Sam Hartman live and in the flesh. Um, you know, some of my friends say, I see what they see. Okay. I just there was there was one person yeah. that was he was he had kind of your guy. He that. had a lot of necks turning in the room. Sam Hartman did. Because he had the flow going, the beard going. He's about it's, six it, three, like Yeah. You know. It's weird because I think he has like it's very because when you have a beard, you can't see if someone's kind of blushing or whether they, you know. Oh. But I, I sensed that there was kind of some fire under that beard, like it felt like there was a blushing going on okay. at the time. It was a very weird combination well, going they, on. Let's just say, um, let's just say they were they were applying the full court press on Sam Hartman. Man, mm-hmm. was he getting drafted? I don't know about that. Yeah, he'll, he'll get drafted. He'll get drafted. Not All high right. though. Uh, we got some dudes that are sticking around in college. And they have a lot to prove. And there was a list that got thrown out. Was this by Fox Sports? This was by Fox okay. Sports, and this is coming from R.J. Young, who covers college football. Um, and he has a podcast slash show, I believe, called The Number One College Football Show. And he ran through some of the guys that you highlighted, AR, that are be coming back to the college football realm, specifically at the quarterback position. And he ranked five guys that he believes – uh, have the most to prove this season. And on said list, at number one was Quinn Ewers, but at number two was Ohio State's quarterback in Will Howard. And here is his reasoning why. I think Will Howard is trying to show NFL teams that he is a first-round quarterback. I think right now, from an athletic standpoint, you could see it getting there, right? I could, I could see that guy turning into the kind of dude that we talk about, like, say, Josh Allen. I think his ceiling is a little bit higher than Dylan Gabriel's, but at a place like Ohio State, you're going to have to do this right now, right? They're not going to wait for you. And there are guys in that quarterback room who I think could be more talented than he is, but he is the most experienced guy in that room. I think he wants to prove that if you give him the kind of roster that Ohio State has, he can help lead them to the college football playoff and lead them past Michigan. For the first time since 2019, and that would go a long way, not just at Ohio State and college football, but in the NFL, right? Because there are lots of folks that watch Ohio State to find out who's going to get drafted and where, 
And if you're the guy at quarterback making all those decisions, you're going to get the benefit of that doubt. All right, so there's a lot there. And I answer this the way I answer a lot of questions when it comes to Ohio State this year. He better. Like, I feel like that has... When when Jim Knowles came in and they paid him what they paid him, and it was like, well, they got to get that Buckeye defense back to, you know, top 25. Well, they better if you're paying him that amount of money. And... How I listen, I think Will Howard sounds amazing. I every time I hear him talk, he sounds like a leader, he sounds mature, he sounds humble, he sounds like a competitor. Like, there are so many things to like about this guy, but are is at the top of the list going to be his play? And that's going to be really what, what wins the day. I do I know whether he's number two in the most approved? I think it's because he he did join Ohio State, he joined a team that's a true contender and may be the contender this year. I could make the case that he shouldn't be ranked where he is. I do like Quinn Ewers at the top. I think that's, I mean, he's he showed us this year. You want the rest of his list so you could react to that? Can I guess? I don't know the list. Um, sure. Where's Milrow? He's not in his top five. That's interesting to me because he's got a new coach, mm-hmm. and he should get better, and he started slow. And then led him to the playoff, controversially so. And talk about a guy that needs to take a leap. That's a good call. I would put, I'm shocked he's not there. That's a good call because, you know, I'll I'll add to what you said. When you combine, you know, his lack of consistency with his arm, with who his new head coach is Mm -hmm. and Kalen DeBoer and what we saw in Washington and the type of offense he liked to run with Penix and Adunze and Polk and all these guys that were just all over the field, making huge plays through the air. Is he going to be able to do that? Or is Caleb DeBoer going to shift his offense a bit to cater to Jalen Milrow's skill set? It's just Bama as a whole is not Ohio State as a whole. But if you were talking individuals, I think there's more pressure on Milrow than Howard. That's a good call. That's a good Um, call. Let me guess another guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where's uh, Jackson Dart? He is not on this list. Mr. Where's Ole Miss? Carson Beck? I think Carson's... Where's Dylan Gabriel? He is on this okay. list. Dylan Gabriel is third on this list. Okay. Followed by DJ Uyunglele, who is replacing Jordan Travis at Florida State. And then at five, he does have Cam Ward, who left Washington State to now play at Miami. So his top five, Quinn Ewers, Will Howard, mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel... Uh, DJ Uyunglele, and then you got Cameron Ward down there rocking in the 305. Just, just, and going back to Will, there's, he knows what he stepped into. He is obviously aware of the rivalry and all of those things. But I think because of his experience, I think he can be a voice, you know, to that locker room along with a, amongst a, a bunch of veterans to say, Hey guys, we got to stay focused with what we got to do to get to that point. Because if that consumes you all year, that's how you get distracted. The only question mark that I have is, how consistency is how consistent is he going to be putting the rock up in the air? I think I know what he's going to bring to the table with his legs, and I think that could be a very very strong weapon to have, especially when you combine that threat with Quinshawn and Travion coming out of the backfield. But Will Howard, a season ago for Kansas State, he racked up nine rushing touchdowns, and what I found mm-hmm. interesting about that AR is seven of those nine rushing touchdowns came on either first, second, third, or fourth and goal situations. So when you get down into the red zone this year with Will and the running backs that I mentioned. 
my goodness, that is going to be a nice threat to have. And of course, you can do that in other spots down the field along the way. But I think that's where one of Will's um, really good talents that he has can show itself next season is when this offense enters the red zone and he's a real threat to keep the ball and run it in for six. Maddie, it's the one thing that was missing. Yeah. It was the how do you create a package for uh, for Devin Brown? Like, wait a minute, you don't have the quarterback that can go get you that yard on fourth and goal at, at the one and a half? And this now now they're lining up a guy six five, two forty and the as ever the poor man's Josh Allen or however you want to say it's it adds everything. Into, now they have running backs; they certainly should be able to hand the ball to. Yeah. But it is the go get it for me guy. It is the when things break down, will you go? Yeah. It's he's that guy. And to your point about last year and how that was constructed with Kyle and Devin, like that sounds the alarm, right? When Devin comes in for the defense. And it changes the mindset of, well, he's probably going to keep the ball and run the ball. When Will's out there consistently snapping and snap out, that takes a little bit of that mentality away. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yep. And I and there's certainly pressure. He knows it. That's why he chose to come here. Pressure cooker next. That fits. We'll tell you who's going in. Rothman and Ice and the fan. There's nothing Bo Bishop can't do well except find competent co-hosts. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. <laughs> Rothman and Ice present Under Pressure. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. All right, a little pressure cooker time. All right, I hinted at this early, Maddie. I'm putting the pressure on Major League Baseball. Uh-oh. They better get this little uniform scandal worked out and soon. Mm. Uh, we got a fit problem. It's like a Euro fashion show out there. Okay. Uh, a little too much to see. Oh. The players have said the aesthetics of the jerseys are, quote, brutal. The sleeves are uncomfortable, and the pants are, aren't are customizable. An Orioles pitcher said that it seems like the uniforms were made to save money. They look cheap. One of them noted um, the pitcher said that he doesn't mind the jerseys. It's the pants that are the issue. And there's been kind of a lot of rhetoric going on. That the pants are see-through. Wow. Now, the uniforms were designed by Nike, produced by Fanatics. And I guess some of the players tucked in their shirts for social media, and you can see the fabric of the pants in the photographs. And some of the guys, as you know, prefer to not wear any undergarment. Kidding. Um, Hopefully, they can get some big things done over the next six weeks in spring training because... You'd hate to be in a place where we're still having this conversation about some of the challenges of the uniforms once those lights come on. Oh, no. Yeah, we, uh, we don't need that. I mean, some guys might like it. But some, most of these guys are like, okay. Hey, some fans might like it, depending on who you ask. I mean, maybe this was all by design. Who knows? You guys are going to be out there, and you're going to be loving it. So you're telling me these guys have been showing off their goodies mm-hmm. through spring training I'm, I'm already. Okay. So yeah. We shall I see mean, what happens with that. A lot of baseball innuendos you could throw out there for this. Sure. We'll leave that to the imagination of the listener. You're going to give us one. It is a freaky friend. Well, there's there's plenty of stuff out there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Louisville slugger that they want to see is the one they're using to hit the ball. All right, go ahead. Here we go, baby. You had to deliver on one. You had to deliver on one. My first candidate this week. On the pressure list, and our guy, J. Lou, is not going to like this because this is a Vandy boy. 
and he plays here in the state of Ohio. I'm going with Darius Garland. Darius Garland, I need more, big dog. I just need more. Last night, he suffered a loss to the Orlando Magic at home. No Donovan Mitchell, Magic, or team that's on the up and up. Don't really have an issue with that too much. They're still a very good team. But Darius is, I think, the guy that can really stamp this team as a threat to some of the Eastern Conference powers, meaning Boston and Milwaukee. And if Embiid comes back, those teams people looked at as a cut above Cleveland. But you look at him coming back from that injury, and it's been 11 points, 9 points, 4 points, 11 points. He's better than that. We saw it last year. We saw it the year before that. He has a very high offensive ceiling, and it's time for him to start hitting that. They got a back-to-back opportunity tonight in Philly. Tough environment. I get it. But Joel Embiid is not playing. Darius Garland needs to elevate his play offensively AR, for this Cavs team to really start to round into form as we head into the postseason in the NBA. So I'm going Darius Garland. I'm putting him on the pressure list this week. All right, it might be too late for this pressure, but I'm going to throw it on here late in the hour. St. John's, the Red Storm, mm. uh, they get Creighton on Sunday, the team they lost to by a point five weeks ago when they were a 12-4 and basketball team. That started the free fall. They've lost 8 of 11 since then. They'll go to Butler next Wednesday, a team joining them on the bubble. And if one gets in, you know what I say, one got to go. Ricky P. walked back his criticism of his team, kind of put it back on himself, saying he's failed them. That's probably a good start. Can't complain about the roster. You made all the changes. He put together a top 30 class, top 10 transfer class, brought in eight transfers, signed two new guys. They haven't made attorney since 2015. I haven't checked lately, but CB said that Lenardi put out a new bracketology today. They may not even be on it. They might not even be lucky enough to be in the first four out or whatever. They're a uh, 15 and 12 basketball team, and they got a massive game on Sunday. It's an absolute must victory over a very tough team against Creighton, but they do get them at home, and they lost to a point, lost to them by a point on the road back in mid-January. So I'm putting it on the St. John's Red Storm. Okay, there we go. Second candidate for me. You started with baseball. I had a baseball guy on my list, and this is CB's boy right here. I'm talking Kyle Manzardo. Who is Kyle Manzardo? He is, according to MLB Pipeline, the second-ranked prospect in Cleveland's system. And the reason why he's on the pressure list is because spring training games have started, and I think there's a lot of pressure on him to be a solid bat in the middle of the lineup. I don't know if he's going to start the season with the big league club or going to start down here in Columbus playing for our Clippers, but Kyle Manzardo is supposed to be this guy that can bring some oomph to this offense. Last year, Cleveland ranked last in the league in home runs. The year before that, they ranked 29th. If he can catch a nice rhythm, I think you got a good opportunity here to give Josh Naylor some days off at first base, have him DH and vice versa. Those guys can split between first and DH, but he's got to get it going now because he's going to be a big piece of what they do. So Kyle Manzardo, a name we'll be hearing a lot about when we get into baseball season for the Guardians. He's on the pressure list. All right, beautiful. All right, finally... I'm going to put pressure on all the teams that have to come into Nationwide to face our Columbus Fury. Talk about it. Brand new professional women's volleyball team. Now they started their season losing their first two on the road to the Grand Rapids Rise and the Orlando Valkyries. Mm. But when they came back home to play the Omaha Supernovas, it was a different story. 9K at the opener this week. Even Joe Burrow was there. 
Man, Joey B? Now, Maddie, Joe this is stirred by an independent sense of selfless rebellion. The Columbus Fury have arrived. Mm. These true athletic warriors are out to show they no longer need to operate in the shadows to accomplish greatness. It's a modern-day twist on an ancient mythology when the Furies were feared women of the underworld, an underworld that Maddie Ice Hayes would like to attend. That's right. There's no reason for fear. Sacrifice is no longer a deterrent, and our Columbus Fury don't operate in the darkness anymore. So if you listen closely, you can hear it coming. If you close your eyes, you can feel the rolling thunder. It's an ardent sense of satisfaction that gradually increases in loudness, a frenetic fury amplifying until the hysteria rises to a deafening crescendo. Mm. Unleash the fury home this Monday against the Vegas Thrill. The pressure is on the thrill. Okay. Man, that's a nice little audition tape right there for Hard Knocks right there. You could be the new voice of Hard Knocks, big dog. Last candidate for me, and this will be quick. On the pressure list is me. I'm putting myself on the pressure list, and here's why. You guys know I love me some wrestling, but there is a big-time pay-per-view happening tomorrow called the Elimination Chamber. Here's my problem, AR. The Elimination Chamber is taking place in Perth, Australia. So what time does that event start our time? You're right. It starts at 5 a.m., CB. 5 a.m. Am I going to be up to watch this pay-per-view? I don't You're probably right in playing that, but I'm putting pressure on myself to get up on a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. to watch wrestling. I'm pushing myself to the limit. All right. Well done. We'll come back with Max Chadwick. Uh, pro Football Focus. Which prospects have to make the most of the combine? Rothman and Ice on the fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The fan. Their live golf team name is Ice Dogs. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, combine it coming. Our guy Max Chadwick, college football analyst, pro football focus. Uh, with us now on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Max, welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to have you. Um, so certainly we're we're paying attention to a lot of Buckeyes, but I do want to ask you this maybe right off the bat. Is there somebody or a group of guys that you think they have to this combine has to be great for them? Like the the, the pressure on them is enormous. It, do you have kind of like a small list of those guys? Uh yeah, I, I think there are some guys that obviously really want to test well and um, there's some guys with athletic concerns that, you know, could have their stocks raised or, or lowered, honestly, by, by a good comment. I think one guy that comes to mind for me is Kool-Aid McKinstry, the Alabama corner, uh, who I consider to be one of the top corners in the draft, but there are some people that have some athletic concerns with him. Um, if he doesn't really test well at the combine, he could maybe slip out of the first round. Like, I see a lot of mantras have him going. Um, but if he does test even better, I mean, he could, you know, reestablish himself as maybe a top 15, top 20 pick in the draft, too. So there are certainly a lot of guys out there. Also, you know, not only the athletic testing part is really important, uh, the interview process is going to be really critical as well. So there are definitely some guys that maybe had some off-field concerns in the past that are going to have to answer those. Um, and, and just in general, you're going to have to interview well with the teams to, you know, convince them that they want to take you uh, when the NFL draft comes around. Which one of these quarterbacks that's been invited to Indy uh, are you going to be paying a lot of attention to and why? Uh, I think one guy that kind of the NFL draft is centering around right now, I know not a lot of uh, Columbus listeners will love this, but it's J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, he has been kind of moving up a lot of draft boards right now. 
Um, he kind of almost controls the NFL draft. And what I mean by that is um, it, it's really going to be interesting to see what team targets him. And I think he's probably going to end up being a top 10 to 15 pick in the draft. Uh, so, you know, you, you can go out there. It's not really a great uh, – the combine's not really a, a huge event for quarterbacks in terms of testing or anything like that. I don't really think it affects, it affects their stock that much. But the interview process for J.J. is going to be huge uh, with some of the teams in the top 10 to 15 range that could use a quarterback, like a team like the Falcons, the Vikings, uh, the Raiders. Uh, there, there are teams like that, or the Broncos too, that uh, could be looking at Jason McCarthy, and, and if he interviews well with them, he, you know, he could convince them to trade up for him. It's an interesting thing you said about you know the athletic testing portion because a lot of guys do the pro days and all that and kind of control the environment, everything they can. So would you not expect a guy like Jaden Daniels, who could just absolutely wow probably the athletic portion, to do anything at the Combine? Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if he will or not. I, I know Michael Penix Jr. is going to throw. Um, I, I don't know if Jaden will run at all. Cause I, like you said, like sometimes when you do your pro day, you can juice the numbers a little bit, whereas the combine is, is pretty official. So like whatever you run is actually what you run in the pro day. You know, you could kind of make your times and, and make your numbers look a little bit better. Uh, cause they're not really official, official measurements, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'd be surprised if Jaden ran honestly at the combine. Uh, he'd probably wait for his pro day if he's going to run at all, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I would expect him to be uh, running a four-year like that at the combine. Max, what do you understand about Jordan Travis and his recovery coming back from the injury? We were talking earlier about, you know, DJ Uyengle down there at Florida State now, and obviously Jordan Travis is not going to be their guy. But what have you heard about him crawling out of that injury hole and how he's been doing? Yeah, obviously he uh, wasn't able to participate at the Shrine Bowl, uh, because of the because of the injury, he was able to interview with teams. Though uh, I still don't think he's able to participate at the combine or do any on-field workouts yet. Hopefully, he will be able to do so at Florida State's pro day. But it was a pretty gruesome injury, and unfortunately for him, it happened really late in the season too. So uh, I don't think he'll be able to do anything on the field at the combine next week. Uh, but again, a really important part for quarterbacks is just interviewing with teams. And as and as a guy who actually uh, interviewed Jordan Travis last year, I can tell you that he's probably going to ace that interview process. He's a born leader, uh, and he really should impress teams uh, in the interview process. Um, you know, a lot of guys call this the underwear Olympics, right? It's it's a a wild little circus. And you mentioned it. I mean, ultimately, it would come down to maybe a throwing session with a wide receiver that. It comes, but what is the drill that you think is worth watching when it comes to the combine? Yeah, of course. I think the the one that everyone, you know, kind of the main event for everyone is the forty yard dash. Uh, I, I think those are, um, you know, cool drills. It's not as critical for many positions as people might think. Uh, you know, you're not really going to get offensive linemen running forty yards downfield on, on a given play. That's why their ten yard splits are really important. I, I think a really underrated drill in terms of translating to the NFL is honestly a three cone. I mean, that kind of measures your agility, uh, your quickness. That translates a little bit more than just straight line speed like a forty yard dash would for a lot of positions. So I, I think the three cone drill is one drill that uh, it gets a little underrated, honestly, when it, when you talk about the uh, NFL combine. So we got a bunch of wide receivers that have been invited to this thing. Like who, who's a guy that with a good performance could really elevate his his stock and status? 
Yeah, I, I think obviously it's a really, really good receiver class. I, I think a few that come to mind there are, are Adonai Mitchell, the receiver from Texas. I, I think he's a really good athlete. If he tests well at the combine, he can move up boards. Honestly, his teammate as well, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, he could be one of the fastest people at the combine. Uh, and if he runs a blazing 40, like maybe a 4-3 or something, maybe he could re- re-enter that you know late first-round conversation because right now it sounds like he's more of a second-round receiver. Uh, so guys like that, Troy Franklin, the receiver from Franklin, all, uh, excuse me, receiver from Oregon, also a really, really good athlete as well. So there are a lot of guys, a lot of really good athletes in this class that if they test well at the combine, uh, they can move up boards uh, a lot. Sam Harton, Hartman, we discussed earlier and, you know, spent a lot of his uh, five seasons as the starter at Wake and then obviously uh, Notre Dame. And how do you feel about him at the combine here and what he has to prove? Yeah, I, I, he's a good guy. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's a really good college quarterback. Um, wasn't nearly as efficient this past season, I think, for Notre Dame as he was at Wake Forest. It was a little concerning considering he was playing in a pro-style offense at Notre Dame, whereas at Wake Forest was more of like a college offense, like a slow mesh type of system that won't really translate to the next level. Um, I, I don't really think Sam Hartman really did too well either at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if Sam Hartman got drafted, honestly. Now, maybe someone takes a shot on him because he's been – an experienced quarterback, but uh, he's nothing more than a backup, I, I think, at the next level, and even if that, honestly. So uh, I, I would not expect him to get drafted at this point, uh, but he certainly could get drafted late day three or be you know, one of the top priority free agents for a team. It is with a running back or two that we, we should keep an eye on next week. I know one of, you know, the Buckeyes is there. That is there is Mayan Williams alongside Marvin Harrison Jr. and some others, but running backs that we should be monitoring next week. Yeah, I think one guy, it's a really wide open running back class. There really isn't like a true, you know, no doubt number one running back who was last year, honestly, with B. John Robinson. Um, actually, the, the top guy this year is also another Texas back for PFF and Jonathan Brooks. I don't know how, I doubt he'll be able to work out the combine because he is recovered from a 20th year he suffered during the season. Um, but he's right now our number one running back. Our number two running back is Jalen Wright from Tennessee, uh, who's a really, really good athlete as well. So I think he could have a really good combine and move up big boards. Um, guys like Bucky Irving, I, I think, could also you know, perform well there. So there are a lot of running backs, I think, that could test well. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin is a, is a massive running back, but also has really good speed. Um, there's some running it's, it's a, Like I said, it's a wide-open running back class, uh, which means that there's uh, some room for these guys to kind of emerge as one of the top guys in the class. Well done, Max. That's a nice little intrigue and intro for the Combine for us. We threw a lot at you, and you handled every one of them. Thanks, man. Be well. Have a good weekend. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yep. Max Chadwick, prospects to the Combine. He's covering it all for Pro Football Focus. Boy, that is, it is amazing to me because you think about, you know, what they really have to do at the Combine, right? It's, if if the quarterbacks throw, then you want them to throw every route you can have them throw, mm-hmm. right? For sure. Slants, outs, curl, anything you want. And so it's uh that'll be very interesting. Man, and velocity and accuracy. I mean, you're not you're not being defended. You're not being rushed. So you you should so. be dotting up a lot out there because of what you just said. These quarterbacks it should be fairly clean, shouldn't be a lot of footballs hitting the turf, but you know, there's the things you got to add in there. They're throwing the guys where they don't really know them too well and how they come out of their breaks and their speed and, and all of those things, but that shouldn't be too much of an excuse. These guys should be out there doing their things. You asked him one of his favorite drills. Mine is kind of that gauntlet that the receivers run sideline to sideline where there's one football coming this way, then there's another football coming that way. Like I've seen dudes take footballs off the dome in that drill. So 
that yeah. is an entertaining uh, thing to do. And Marvin Harrison Jr., in my opinion, doesn't need to do anything outside of interviewing. No on-field mm-hmm. stuff. You don't mess around with anything on the field. They know what he is. They 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 know what he is. I would just if that I would advise him if I were his agent in his camp. We're just doing interviews. You're not seeing him do anything on the field. It's nothing to prove. Probably not. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, you're running alone, and you know, because you can only have a negative thing if if you didn't catch the ball well. But I, the interesting drill to me is that you know where they're catching it out of the, out of the jugs and they're they're like barely catching and dropping like like as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering like maybe they ought to change it to hey. We need to see you hold that thing for a second. None of this is like sw- you're like almost swatting it to the ground uh-huh. yourself. I don't uh, know when the quarterbacks and receivers are throwing. Right. I know that they've made that into a bit of a kind of a, a television special. So I'm yeah. going to assume that's later in the week and in a primetime slot. But I, I enjoy the combine. I, I enjoy the combine. And for us football fans, there should be some rumors and conversations that are thrown out there about this GM and maybe Justin Field stuff pops up. So should be a nice week next week when we get to Indy. Not us, but them. I wish we were going. Another oh, Tout another trip. Uh, another one. we can say, man, man. That's not that one. We could probably get done. Oh yeah, for you if you really want to go. We can take the whip on the road. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm, that's three hours. You know, I, I'll make that drive. That's my that's my cutoff right there. That's amazing. Yeah. So what would you do? just not go? Or do you have to take a plane to something that's under beyond three hours? I'm on a bird. Beyond oh, I'm sorry. Beyond three hours, mm-hmm. I'm in the clouds. Wow. Yeah. That's not a long flight. No, that's where I'm at. I'm so Notre Dame was about four hours away. Would you have yeah. to fly that to the private airport there oh, yeah, or something? For sure. for sure. I just call, you know, Brady. And Seems like him. a lot of aggravation to go through to fly. Oh, well, not when you can call Brady Quinn and say, let me use the private jet, you know, or I can text James and tell him to wow. have Marcus send me the private jet, you know? There you go. Dreaming. <laughs> no, <laughs> I pipe dreams. Put it out there, Maddie. <laughs> Act as if we'll come back with a Buckeye Bulletin next. Uh, a lot of basketball talk certainly coming off last night, but what about the future? And how does Ohio State get butts back in the seats? That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Here's a listener tweet. Are men and bones stupid in real life? Yes. Yes, they are. Common man and T-bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fa- Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Buckeye Bolton time. Time to buy low. Ohio State basketball, reducing ticket prices for next season. This is nice to see. This is what you're supposed to do. A lot of them certainly take advantage when things are going well, and I understand the emotion of that. But when things aren't going well, it is a nice gesture to say to your fans or new fans, hey, we want to start something new and you can get on board. Now, season ticket costs will start at about 218 bucks. That's $37 less than this past season. The Board of Trustees, they set prices for the six different zones mm. in the Value City Arena. Zone 6? Bringing that back? There is a Zone 6. Okay. It's probably the worst zone. But there is a zone six. We can put you in it for about seven bucks oh, um, for non-conference. You want to go to the Big Ten? Then we got to talk. A few dollars more. It's not bad. It's really not. I mean, when you think about it, and I'd have to go back in. So the most expensive zone, zone one, a public season ticket holder in zone one would be about 600 bucks. Okay. 
So there you go. Some night out on the town for CB right there. That ain't, that's nothing for him. Oh, 600 bucks. Barely buys him a hoodie these days. That's what I would use my uh, NCAA 25 money on. Oh, there you go. That, that's a good call. Speaking of that, I, I saw what, Denzel Burke tweeting out, I'm in the game. Because you know how they had the EA Sports. You're in the game. Like I did love that as a kid. But yeah, you got. Uh, I think I saw Quinshawn did that. So yeah, grab that money, fellas. Grab that money. It sounds like he's more excited about being in the game than the money. A sports. Yeah, it's in it's the, the game. game. That's what I was looking for. Actually, their great line was, "If it's in the game, it's in the game." That was the beginning. That <laughs> they which used was to have great. Good commercials, man. We yeah. got to get that going again. But yeah, I just need that PS Five from your nephew. But yeah, you're probably right about that. By the you way, know, the whole PS Five thing and the yeah. whole hoodie that I never got from the previous Super Bowl. When CB chimed in on that, he put it all on you. He really did. Like, all of a sudden, like, where were you in this equation? Listen, he always does that to me. I was in the side studio earlier, and he popped in and mentioned some whatever signing for my Cincinnati Reds because he knew I wasn't going to be happy about it. He doesn't like to deliver good news to me. He just likes to take off the free throw line and try to dunk on The amount of uh, Marlon Humphrey injury updates I've given you. See, he's just... Mm -hmm. Why? Why are you like You're a Ravens fan. He's a Browns fan. This is how it works. I don't needle him about his franchise and the crap well, maybe they've should. put him through. But you're give right. It, give maybe it a try. I should. Because yeah. the issue is with my teams, it's expected. With yours, it's not. <laughs> I'll accept that. There, there is I'll a difference between that. you and us. There is. I mean, with the rings that you have yeah. in your lifetime, too. It isn't just like pre Maddie lifetime, I, I've either. I've seen it with my own That's eyes. That's what I'm saying. Twice, so. And it should have been a third time, but, you know, we'll leave that alone. So they had eighteen grand at Value City against Purdue. Okay, uh, their average attendance this year. What's the number? Can I guess it? Because honestly, I haven't seen this. I promise, I have not seen this. Okay. Average attendance this year. Yeah, um, I'll be curious. How? Let me ask you this: How close do you think you can get within how many? Can you get within a, when two thousand, a thousand? Let's go two thousand. What's your what's your uh, goal so for yourself? Two thousand. That's a good number. Yeah. All right. So you said eighteen for Purdue, which means it's a five thousand guarantee. <laughs> right. You get right. that number and then two thousand on each side of it. <laughs> um, so if we had eighteen in the building for Purdue, that's eighteen three five three. I'm going to say the average has been thirteen thousand. 14,000. Wait, Wait a minute. Hang oh, on. He's like, give him a chance to ch- screw it up. Because oh, I think I was about to screw it up. I, I thought that was his official answer. No, I was working through it. There was some Ron You're Burgundy in there. You're supposed to say, is that your official answer? Yeah, that, there was some Ron Burgundy in that. Um, Man. Were you honestly going to change to 14? I was. Okay. I was. That would have put you outside the window. By how 13 would have gotten you in. Oh, come on, man. So the average attendance was 11,290. Oh, okay. So I was pretty close. Can we Which get- I thought, I didn't think you'd go that high, Panama Red. I thought you would be low. I thought you'd, if I put the over under on 10,500, mm-hmm. which is what I was going to do, mm-hmm. I thought you'd go under. Yeah, I think when you hit me with 18 in my mind, that was the peak probably of what they've done. And I didn't want to fall down too far from that number. But uh, yeah, I guess I needed to. Guess Here's I needed the good to. news. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as the year before. Oh. Am I right about that, CB? We'll, we'll level up. They were at 12,181 the year before. Oh, I'm sorry. It is it is a record. My bad. This year is the record. 
Eleven two ninety for this year. Twelve one eighty one for the previous year. For the previous year. Okay. Uh, so I just I just hope there's a day coming, man, where we can get it. Maybe not eighteen every night, but can we get? Yeah, I mean, they're playing weekday games. They're I get playing. It. It's it's different. Can it's we different. get fifteen to sixteen though? That, that's the, what sometimes I want. it depends on the opponent. That's, you got to at least be real about that. No, that that is definitely a real factor. But I just I want more juice in that building, and I feel like I've been saying that for years. But I'm not going to quit banging the table because it it just needs to happen. And I know the team's got to do their part too. You mentioned the opponent. People have to come want to come out and watch a good, consistent product as well. So there's other factors in that. But I just did on they did on Sunday yeah. without the coach. Maybe that was a sign there, and then Purdue. Well, you also had on Sunday too Scooney and the boys in the house. So you had added, the '99 team that added to that as well. Uh, a little shout out to the Ohio State synchronized swimming team. Last home meet of the year coming tomorrow for the Sink Swimmers. Okay, uh, the North Regionals. It is Senior Day, 2 p.m. Saturday. So shout out to Holly Vargo Brown and the synchronized swimmers. And Go get it. The Buckeye women's basketball team who won their 13th game in a row last night. So they are still, I think, in that two slot in the and rankings. They clinched the Big Ten before that season finale at Iowa. Because Iowa lost last night to AR's Hoosiers. So shout out to the women's basketball team. This has been an incredible run. 13 wins in a row. Let's keep it rolling. They handled Caitlin last night, didn't they? I think they put it on them. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Hoosiers were cooking. All right. I think she had like a low 24 points or something like that. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a real off night for her, which is... Got into it with some of the fans and stuff and all that. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like a little bit of that. Yeah. That that was uh, that was a little tense action. Mm. So funny how at Ohio State and Indiana, like the women of both programs clearly owning this and they've season. earned it and they yeah. have earned it all right we're going to come back and we'll do a deep dive speaking of uh, making maddie guess um some big boys on the move what does he think of some of these big potential trades that could happen in the nfl this year rothman and ice on the fan the sound of Paul Keels calling a Buckeye game is erotic. Oh, yes. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destiny. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for a deeper dive. All right, welcome back. Third hour. Bill Landis. We'll talk Buckeye football with him at 2.33. As we go into the weekend... I did want to tell you guys the big trend, and I know that people are kind of forcing Shefty to back this up and all that, about his tweet the other day about this deal where some college guys don't want to deal with the NIL. And even Saban said that it's it's just off the rails now. And I don't know if anyone's going to come out specifically and say that's the reason why. But I said yesterday, I, I believe that there is, this isn't a mass exodus. College coaches aren't going away. There's too much money involved. And there aren't enough jobs at the pro level for these guys to escape to. So either you're getting out of the industry or you're finding another area in the industry that may be more appealing to what you had an idea of what it would be. And Jeff Halfley is one of them. And he's the new Packers defense coordinator. And he was a guy that left Boston College this offseason. The Eagles. And it sounds like 
he didn't have just one reason for leaving. And I, like I said, I don't think anyone's going to get to the podium and say, you know what? This college football garbage, just I don't want to deal with it anymore. Right. It's just, it's not the college that I signed up for. But no, of course he's not going to. But he did go through it. Listen, I know, I've known Matt LaFleur for a while. I worked with his brother. I've worked with Kyle Shanahan. I've worked with Robert Sala. I've worked with some of the guys that he's known. And he's re- there's a lot of instant respect there. Then he started talking about, wow, I'm you know driving into Lambeau. Mm. And, and it's got that feel to it. It feels surreal. And he went on and on and on. And it made you think like, well, it was just a better opportunity. Well, he was asked about the transfer portal and NIL and the college game. And he did not say that has nothing to do with it. He said, college football's changed. And I do think that I'm not going to get on a soapbox here. But what I will say is I is that I do think there needs to be some things to change. And, and that's, that's him... Kind of a, just at least acknowledging that it was in the recipe. It may not have been the first thing, yeah. but it's part of the thing that said, okay, it's in there. It's not not what I am used to. That's the correct thing to say yeah. publicly. If you and I were talking to Matt LaFleur off the record and, you know, we got a couple. Halfley. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, Halfley. Thank you. A couple old fashions in them and, you know, just a little truth serum in them. I absolutely think that it would come out and we tie would catch that the golden, vibe. golden lariat around him, Maddie. So I'm saying, like, force him to tell the truth. That he would be like, "This ain't it anymore, guys. It's just not enjoyable for for some head coaches." And, and you mentioned Shefty's tweet that he dropped yesterday. For the folks that don't know what AR was referencing, Shefty dropped this yesterday morning. A trend that has emerged this winter: many college coaches are tired of the transfer portal, the NIL money in the new NCAA world and prefer to work in the NFL. Many college coaches already have left. Many more want to. That tweet is enough for me. I know some people wanted, you know, I don't know. They wanted every charts and numbers. Like, I'm just like, okay, like we know what the man is trying to say. And just look at what we just seen this off season. You mentioned Jeff Halfley. He leaves a head coaching position to go to the NFL to become a defensive coordinator. Look at what just happened in our own backyard. Chip Kelly leaves UCLA as the head honcho. He's now the offensive coordinator. Harbaugh leaves to go back to the NFL. Nick Saban retires. And there's a running back coach that left USC attached to Lincoln Riley in a prolific offense year in and year out to go to the NFL. So while we're at a point where it may not be an overwhelming number of guys, I think this is real, that the guys that have been around the sport maybe for a while, talking college football, have done things a certain way for years and years and years. And now you're asking them to do those same things, but pile on other very taxing jobs to do. And I know that these guys are getting paid in millions of dollars, and I understand that. But you got to realize that if somebody came into your realm of life and you've been doing a job for years and they said, yeah, you're going to do this exact same job, but I'm going to add three or four other prongs to this list that you have to do that are taxing, you may look at that job and say, man, you know what? It's been a good run. Well, and then the other part of it is, is there something that's as attractive or more that I can go to? There you go. Right? Because anyone will anyone will stick with a job they don't love because they have to. Right. I'll put it into some numbers because everyone's screaming. Oh, give me numbers. Give me numbers. <laughs> <clears throat> prove it. Prove it. <laughs> like, honestly, it doesn't have to be. It can be just 60 to 40. It can be just that. So there have been 
30 college coaches that have gone to the NFL since the end of the regular season. Now, am I telling you that Jeff Halfley of Boston College is the same as Jim Harbaugh of Michigan? Of course not. Harbaugh had a lot more swirling around him and a chance to get back to the NFL. But here's the number I'll throw at you. 25 other assistant coaches across this fine country have left their programs to join the NFL. Half of them, and this is the key, half of them took demotions (laughs) in terms of a title to do it. I don't have all their financials. So that's all I'm saying. I think that's all Adam was saying and all you were saying. But these people that want to like somehow defend college football for what? It doesn't need defending. It's still fun. It's a great sport. All you got to do is be real. For some of the guys, some of these coaches, it's turned into something it never was. And it may be rubbing guys completely wrong because of the recruitment is different. The tiebreakers are different. And so if there's something viable to go to that's equal or better, even if it's not in title, maybe they would entertain it more now than they would before. Mm -hmm. That's all anyone is saying. And these people are like, prove it. Well, I think I just did. And you're asking to a you know a certain level a head coach to be a head coach, also be a salesman, and also be a bit of a GM. Like that's where we're at with the managing of hey, I can pay you know this guy that much and this running back this much and this wide receiver. Like it's a lot. It's it's the wild wild west, and I think the sport of college football to me. And he's cleaned up just a bit. It's very murky, I think, the way I'm looking at where we're headed in the structure of the sport. And I think when it comes to coaching specifically, like I wouldn't be surprised if more and more of these head coaching positions and coordinator positions around the sport, the ages get younger and younger and younger. Because these are going to be the guys that want these opportunities that are going to be willing to deal with some of these things that some of the OGs around the sport are just not going to want to do and they're going to wash their hands with it and be done and go do you know a coordinator spot somewhere, or do TV or whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen the trend. I didn't even need the numbers or graphs or emojis or any of that stuff. You need to be blind to not think that some of these guys have found a reason to, hey, this is a good jumping off point. Yeah. Whether it's I'm at the end of my career and I don't want to be in this world anymore or it's there's a viable opportunity somewhere else or the situation is good where I am except it's, it is different and I have to adapt to it. So that's all it is. I just don't understand why there's this big pushback on his tweet like that somehow that's making college football look how should I say, like unbecoming. College football's done that on its own. Its yeah. It wasn't because of a tweet. There's been plenty of things that have gone on over the last couple it's of years. It's not even college football. Made... It's college athletics in general. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because it could be basketball as well. Now, speaking of basketball, and you've got it. By the way, you have a transitioning, retiring athletic director who had to fire a coach mm-hmm. in Gene Smith. And they hired a new AD, and his job is to move this thing forward in this world. So... Greg McDermott, and I call it kind of the seven-year itch for Ohio State, and circling back to him. He's going to be 60 in November, and he's got a good team, and he's a Midwestern guy, and this feels like a really good fit for Ohio State to go back at him. I'd be surprised if they don't. He's the Creighton head coach, and so he was on, and CB, you'd have to maybe date this for me because he went on a Barstool Sports podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, which aired this morning. So it aired this morning 
I don't we we have just one clip from it because I'd really like to know if they asked him point blank, you know, are you being considered as a candidate? Would you consider yourself a candidate? That's a very dangerous game for a current coach to play, right? But it'd be fun to watch him squirm a little bit on the answer, but they did do it in a more of a fun vibe way. Here's an easy question for you. What city would you like to retire in more? Omaha or Columbus, Ohio? Mm. What do you uh, think that, is a better retirement destination? That is a uh, that's a cagey question. That's yeah. your, you know, I've, I've I live on a golf course here in Omaha, so uh, and I like the golf course, so uh, it, you know, it'd probably be Omaha. Before, yeah. here's what stuck out to me: Why are they asking him that question right now? Because they know he's a candidate for the Ohio State job. That hasn't been public knowledge, has it? It's not public knowledge. He's just on the list, on anybody's list. And I'd be shocked if he wasn't on Ohio State's list. Just an interesting to me from the host why those two specific cities right now. But I think what you're highlighting is one he lives in and one he might be going to. Just interesting. But not a fan of Mirfield? Did I just hear that? That, no, that I don't think he, like, I don't think he said that. No, I'm joking. I think I, he, I don't know even know what kind of course he lives on. Whether it's a <laughs> and is he a member of that course? I assume he is. Or if it's That's probably even a the public even a public it? course. I will just say they do share an office with Mark Titus out there in Chicago, so mm-hmm. you can play with that how you will. Yeah, there you go. There's something there with that question. That's all. Something there. That's good info. But by like CD. he even admitted, like it was. That's a that is a what do you say a KG question on how to ask it, where he'd rather retire. Well, where he is currently is probably a good answer. Yeah, you know. I will say this. If if you're going to compare courses, it's good, great in both. Okay. There's no, there's no clear-cut winner here, I, I wouldn't think, except for if you start adding the private courses with – the Columbus and surrounding area having like four of the probably the top 100 in the world, mm-hmm. or at least in the nation, mm. that's a big deal. But if he lives, you know, somewhere on a in Nebraska that's higher ranked, which he may, I'm sure he's pretty happy about it. What if, what if Mr. Bjork, the uh, the AD yeah. in line, hits you up and says, hey, "Name I, it. I need you to." Uh you know, show Coach McDermott around the city and play golf with him. We need you to, this yeah. is the last leg of the negotiating process, and it's on you. You think you would deliver? Oh, I could easily deliver there that. I don't know. I, I mean, I certainly, I mean, I'd like to top my home course little turtle, but I feel like he might want to level up on that oh. even a little bit. But if he likes, you know, it depends how he, I want to find out, I want to find out whether he wants prestige or whether he wants a course. Mm. Like, what's most important to a guy? What if he said, I want B-O-F-F? He wants both. both. Then I'd ask him, do you want to walk? (laughs) He's going to be 60. (laughs) No, I'm dead serious. (laughs) You had me a blank check. As much as I have a love affair with Muirfield Village, Mm -hmm. I mean a love affair. My first week on the job was, was at that place. And there is no, I mean, I might buy a plot from Nicholas, you know, just put me here when it's all said and done. You gave me a blank. Maddie says to me right now, blank check. Somebody else is paying for it. I'm not going to be a member of the village. Really? I'm not walking that course every time I want to play. But the milk And shakes. I know that Danny Sullivan's probably listening to your Tom Sprouse saying, hey, we can get you one of those handicap carts or whatever. Yeah, and you can go cart pass only. Go. That's not the way I want to go what out I, either. What if I buy you one of those electric carts that you don't have to pull? It, it, it you know it rides oh. off by itself. You I don't, don't have know that. if they would allow that. Really? 
I don't think they allow pull carts at Mirrorfield. I think you're either chatting and that's it. It's a beast of a I think if you want to to strap yourself and walk, they'll let you, but not that look you gave. All right. Something just caught me off guard with if you want to. Well, when I said strap, strap yourself. I didn't didn't add another word. Oh, man. We need to. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Jay. It is Friday. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've got to interview him. What do you like in a course? Do you like to walk? All what if that, Bjork dude. said you have to walk 36 holes yeah. with McDermott okay. to get the deal done? 36 holes. Would you do it? With a cash, someone else is carrying my bag? No, no, no. The bag's on your back. No, I'm not. That's, wow. That sounds horrendous. Wow. At the village? At the village, baby. All the I hills. can barely do it at Turtle <laughs> going from 15 to 16. <laughs> I'm done. Oh man, I've, I think I've earned the right at this point in my life to take a cart. I'm with you on that. You can. You I haven't let even the other it. guys exercise. I haven't earned it. And I want to be on a cart. Um, you're gonna have to earn it next. Uh-oh. When we go through the big boys on the move, you'll react to it next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for jackets hockey. The fan, Ohio sports destiny. Rothman and Ice present. Sponsored by the Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. All right, Maddie, before that, let's do a little bet 365 action. I believe I cashed last night with Purdue and the Pacers parlay. Did you have one last night? I can't remember. I don't think I did. You go NBA with something? I don't think I did. Hmm. All right, just sat it out. That's okay. That's weird because I I don't know. Part of me thinks I did, but I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Right. I don't remember what I did, but I got something for you today. I got something for you today. Cavs taking on the 76ers. I'm staying away from the player to score a first basket. I don't feel good about anything tonight in that realm, but I'm going to take the over with Donovan Mitchell's points at 27 and a half, and I'm going to take the over for his assist at six and a half at plus 120. So I like the juice there on the assist. And I'm all in on him going over 27 and a half points tonight. You got anything you cooking up over I there? I could do another college NBA since okay. I'm on a little bit of a roll there and just go ultra conservative again to just get a win. So let me go with, and I'll go with the late night one. So that way I can wake up tomorrow and, you know. Wake up to a nice how about little... Okay, so Lakers at home against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little dicier, but I'm probably going to get better odds on it. And maybe I'll take the Zips over Kent State tonight in the early. Ooh. Just on the money line. A little maxing? Yeah. That way I get the, the bookends. A 6 o'clock game and like a 10-30 game. And so if I can get past that first leg, get the Zips through, mm-hmm. then I'll be okay. Okay. It's never ordinary at Bet365. Sign up at oh.bet365.com. 21 plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, may the odds be ever in your favor. Uh, there's some NFL trade rumors going on, and some of them are fairly big surprises. Now, you and I, there are some veterans who could be shopped around. And sometimes they're just fun to talk about, and sometimes they're very real. So with that in mind, I'm going to get your feeling on whether these guys will be traded or not. Okay. And then your degree of 1 through 10, meaning 
10 definitely getting traded. Mm-hmm. Or however you want to do no, it. No, I got you. Okay. I'm following your lead. One, no I know way. what you meant. Yeah, I got you. They're the number one guy, and they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's how you can I'm, I'm do that. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. Alvin Kamara. Mm. Now, I saw Derek Carr restructured and running back with him, with Derek Carr, kind of suggests the Saints are not are refusing to go into a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And so I think that might help. My feeling is that Kamara going into his age 29 season He's had a couple down years, but your feeling on 10, he is getting traded, one, he's not. Feels like a six to me. On the trade side. Yeah, I feel like it's a six to me because of what you mentioned. The age is a factor. I believe off the top of my head, they drafted Kendra Miller last year at running back. Yeah, getting a thumbs up from CB there. So it's good to know the brain's still working just a little bit. But yeah, AR feels like he's a prime, not prime, because I hit him with a six, so a little bit beyond. Average, I guess. So yeah, ask me. So, so ask the capologist now. What what would capologist? Like I don't know why you want this job. So man. they can save a million and a half by dealing him. That's not why. He's owed twenty nine million in twenty twenty five. So maybe I need to bring that number down to a four because I think then then you make that move next off season. A lot of lot of free a lot of lot of uh, free agent backs. Yeah. So yeah. that's good information you just hit me with. Okay. So because of that. And the restructuring news of Derek Carr today coming out. Yeah. I think they, they're they going to stand pat. That's, that's very valuable information. I think they do it next off. All right. How about Devontae Adams? Ooh. They never say he's available. They never will. Mm-mm. Two years ago, he signed a $140 million deal to be their offense. Now a new coach, new GM. Uh, they got Myers under contract, Jacoby. Is this the time to sell mm. Devontae Adams? If I'm Antonio Pierce, absolutely not. I am trying to establish myself as a good head coach in this league, and in order to do that, I need Devontae Adams getting busy. So until I hear AR mm-hmm. that Devontae Adams wants out, I'm going to put this at a four. I'm going to put a little higher. Oh, I feel like they're definitely in a, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We owe this guy $44 million a year. Clean house. In 25, well, not clean house. Somebody who wants to win now would more than willing to pay for him. Aaron. So I'm going to put that a little higher. All right. Let's stay with the receiver. Stephon Diggs. Oh, this is a nine. He's out. Nine, he's going. He's out. There's been too much smoke, AR. I know that they've, you know, hop in front of a camera and hop in front of a microphone and say everything's fine. I am not. How do you replace him, Maddie? That's the problem. They've got Gabe Davis as an impending free agent. I mean, you've got Josh Allen. You're so close. I mean, you I could just, save a lot of money, but I'm how go- do you replace that? I'm going off vibes, mm-hmm. and I think Stefan Diggs wants out. Okay. Did Trayvon Diggs say that? Or tweet that out or something along those lines. His bro, little brother. Oh, that's your little brother. Is that your little brother? <laughs> Good-looking good looking kid. So, I know. I'm at a nine for Stefan Diggs. Your little brother? Yeah, there we go. He's a good-looking kid. Shout out Mike Damone. Um, should I stay with a receiver? Yeah, give me one more receiver. Brandon Ayuk. Ooh. Now he did you pay what the market says. He had a career year. Mm. Are you Purdy asking loves me, him. do I believe Brandon Ayuk is a $30 million a year receiver? I, I actually probably say I could put Debo in this more than Brandon, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because it <laughs> probably would make more sense he's to older, trade Debo. There he's you go. been injured. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Brandon Ayuk, he's going to be a Niner next year. 
He's going to be in that. I know yeah. that he was out there on social media talking about don't forget how you got here and all that. Emotions are still running high right after that. So I think he'll zoom out from those emotions and look at, man, you know, we got a squad. We got a squad. Should I throw one saying. defensive guy in there for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about Khalil Mack? Chargers, former Bear, mm. had big-time sacks last year. He's their guy. I know Bosa, obviously, but he had Jim Harbaugh coming in. He wants to win. Yeah, Max 33. You could save a lot of money by trading before June. Mm. They're over the cap. I think... Daddy Mac. I think we'll make you jump. Because of how we know Harbaugh likes to structure his teams down in the trenches, I think he wants to see Khalil Mack rock out with Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa hasn't had you know a nice run of clean health all the time. So you need guys that can get after the quarterback. I actually think Mike Williams is the name okay. that could be on the move on offense. So I think Khalil Mack will be there. What number? I'll put it at a three. At a three. Yeah. All right. Well done. Thank you. Played that game. That was a fun one. We will uh, come back with Bill Landis talking Buckeye football, and get a feel on the Chip Kelly effect and how big it could be. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The, the best bet on the radio. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, let's talk a little high State football with our friend Bill Landis from The Podcast. Writes about it all, Ohio State rivals, and he is entrenched. Bill, welcome back to the program. How you guys doing? Uh, fine. I think everyone is looking at this Chip Kelly effect right now and whether he's actually a better fit than Bill O'Brien would be and whether or not Ohio State can actually line up and run the ball this year is certainly in question. But give me your sense of that, the difference between where you went in your mind from Bill O'Brien to Chip Kelly. Yeah, when, when I thought about what I – perceive Ohio State to kind of need to further enhance the offense. I do kind of like the Chip Kelly fit a little bit more. Um, one, one, I just think like he and Ryan Day, obviously, like I think speak more of the same language maybe than, than Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien would have. Not that there would have been any kind of butting of heads between Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien, but I just think it kind of eases that transition a, a little bit. I would imagine much of the terminology is, is similar um, for what Ohio State has used to, to what Chip Kelly has used and what he'll, he'll maybe bring in. But it's mostly about the way that Chip has run the ball. Um, obviously, we know what he did at Oregon. But even at UCLA, like his, his offenses were, were quite good um, running running the football and, and without a lot of star power as well. They've had some pretty good running backs there. But um, he was putting together some of the more potent rushing offenses and like the, the power five um, working with a, a talent disadvantage sometimes, and you know when I when I think about him now coming to Ohio State and what he'll have at his disposal, obviously they got to get some stuff worked out on the offensive line. But Chip Kelly working with a running back or a backfield of Travion Henderson and, and Quinshaw Judkins and, and Will Howard who can run a little bit like that that really excites me, and I'm, I'm eager to see how he kind of puts his spin on the way that Ohio State has run the ball because I, I don't really have any fears about them not being able to throw the ball well. I know I know last year was, there was a little bit of a step back, but I, I still trust Ryan Day and Chip Kelly to coordinate a good passing attack and, and Brian Hartline as well. Um, but if they can put a, a killer running attack with that, man, like, I, I don't know. The, the, the ceiling is kind of hard to define, I think, for an offense when you can do that. You, you mentioned Will Howard and his, you know, what he can bring to the table on the ground. Like, are, are you... In the headspace of that's going to be more of a red zone weapon, or do you think that can be a constant for Ohio State next season? 
Yeah, it, it's it's probably more situational, like red zone third down, um, which which are areas where Ohio State I think is, has come up a little short the last couple of years. We've been, we've talked for a couple of years now about third and short, and, and you know having to get better there. And last year, they, by the end of the year, they were okay in the red zone, but the first half of the year they weren't very good in the red zone. And, and there have been times where that's been a little bit of a struggle um, for for Ryan Day's offenses, and, and less so when he's had a quarterback who can run, like like when he had Justin Fields. Uh, Will Howard's not. Justin Fields, and I don't think he'll run quite as much as, as Justin did, but but I think he'll he'll have the threat there, um, both on third down and in the red zone, to, to help Ohio State be a little better in, in those key areas. I don't, I don't think he's going to be running the ball, you know, ten times a game, and he's actually not a big scrambler either. Um, so it'll be it'll be limited, but I think it'll be more than we've come accustomed to the last couple of years. What do you expect from the combo platter at running back with Judkins and Henderson, and how that shakes out? Is that Riding the hot hand from week to week, or is it kind of a fifty-fifty, or does it is it situational in a game? How do you how do you expect that to play out? Yeah, I think they'll approach it fifty-fifty, kind of week to week, and then in the course of a game, if a guy gets you know hotter, or if I don't know if the, if the game dictates a specific style, because I, I think they're they're slightly different from each other, then then maybe you go with with, with whatever guy that that game seems to fit better. But but I do I do think it's going to be you know, fairly evenly split down the middle, and and I think that's what both guys kind of want. I think they're they're both smart. They both know that if you can get to the NFL by saving some tread on your tires, that that's to your benefit. And Quinchon Judkins has run the ball a whole heck of a lot the last two years. I'm sure he's probably eager to not have to carry the ball almost 300 times if, if he can get away with it. So um, I do think they'll split it. Um, I'm interested to see if they'll play them together. I, I think that they do have different enough skill sets and kind of complement each other in, in, in different ways that you could do that. And Travion gives you a, a passing threat, I think. And Quinchon Junkins is, is known for his ability to run the ball, but he's also a bigger guy. He won't be able to block for you sometimes for, for Travion as well. So, and, and, you know, bringing in Chip and his creativity, I, I think you could get into some fun stuff with the two of them on the field at the same time. So, Bill, as you know, Kate Stover was a big piece of the passing attack last season. Like, where are we at with this tight end room, and what do you expect as far as tight ends contributing to the offense this year? <clears throat> That'll be interesting to, to monitor because Chip Kelly, I think, is a guy that, that likes to play with, with two tight ends, and clearly Ryan Day does too when he feels like he has two that can play. Um, I, I would probably say now that Will Kasmarek, the transfer from Ohio that they that they brought in, would, would be my pick to be the number one tight end. But but certainly G Scott's back, and all all of us saying that he's been around a while and kind of been I think I think chopping at the bit, waiting eagerly, everyone to everyone to couch it for for an opportunity to show that he can be this team's number one tight end. So those two will go at it, and then I think we're all really excited about Jelani Thurman, who's just, you know, from a physical profile, just very different from a lot of the tight ends we've seen come through Ohio State. He's, he's an incredible athlete, and he's probably still pretty raw, and it's it's a tough position. I understand that, and it's been difficult. He's only a, going to be a true sophomore who didn't play a whole lot last year, but um, I, I would hope that he gets an opportunity to show what he can do this spring, too, because I, I view him just from an athletic standpoint, excuse me, as a guy who can uh, be a, a potential difference maker for the offense. You know, with this defense being what it is on paper, who knows whether, well, how many points they'll have to score a game or average this year. When I think back, Billy, a few years ago, you know, when they were scoring in the 50s and 60s and they were averaging about 46 points a game and their only loss was obviously on the road to Michigan. And then you go back uh, in 2022, they dropped down about a point, but they were still in the mid-40s. And then you go to last year and 
this offense, even though they only lost one game, was averaging about 30 points a game. So that's a 15-point, 16-point-per-game drop in two years. With this defense, where do you think the ideal number is for Ohio State offensively in points per game? Uh, the, the number that need the need and the number that would make people happy, I think, are two different numbers. But uh, with with as good, as good as the defense is, like I, I do think that they can probably be around where they were last year and, and be just fine. But that that's not really the standard that Ryan Day has for the offense. So I'm sure he wants to get back to being an offense that can be relied upon to score 40 points a game. And I think Ohio State fans want to see that too. And with the talent that they have on hand, there's there's no reason that they shouldn't be that. So I, I think that's what they're striving for. Um, do they have to be that week in, week out with the way that this defense is shaping up? I, I don't think so. I think they are be more than capable of winning games like 21-17 if they have to, depending on the opponent. But uh, clearly, I think Ryan Day wants it to be better and more explosive on offense than it was last year. Yeah, A lot of fun, man. Great off-season topics. You know we'll be hitting you up before the spring game and a lot sooner, Bill. Thanks for jumping on. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You guys, too. See you. Thanks. Bill Landis, the podcast, Kings of the North as well, on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Yeah, I kind of quickly did a little run on those numbers, Maddie, when they're averaging 46 points a game, and then that dropped to 44-2, and then all the way down to 30.5. Mm-hmm. Yet, there's only one loss in there. And then you add, by the way, you add the, and I'm not talking about the Cotton Bowl, um, but just regular season-wise, only three of those, well, they lost to Oregon. I'm sorry. They did lose to Oregon in the shoe um, was that in 20? No, that wasn't. I'm sorry. That must have been back in 21. So in the last three years with only those one regular season losses, we know, um, they came down 16 points. So if they're right in the middle, like you said, mm-hmm. right in that mid thirties, the high thirties, I think that'd be fine. They have the playmakers on the outside to absolutely be explosive, but I do think there can be a you know, a style that this team plays this year to where they can slow the game down just a little bit with this run game from Quinshawn and Travion and Will, but then this defense too. Like that, that combination can be deadly and make life tough. If you have a really stout defense that's going to get off the field and you give the ball back to the offense, shorter fields, and they can chew up clock with shorter fields. Yeah, that could be a dynamic weapon to have too. So I think there's a couple cards Ohio State can play yeah. and that's a great, that's a great place to be. I also feel like they're going to be pretty efficient in the red zone this mm-hmm. year with a, quarterback that can read it no doubt and it'd be very tough all right so here's my read on getting a new vehicle jermaine honda of dublin you know they're my place rich and, and that team over there outstanding just going on their site right now jermaine honda of dublin.com and you see the the 300 new for sale you drop over to use another 230 there's a lot of vehicles and it's a lot of fun because you can go in there and check the model and check mileage and all of that year and really try to identify your next great vehicle and so it's the place to go if you already own a honda then you know about the reliability but check out the new looks they've had with the redesigns i've talked about the passports and pilots and crv for sure they really are stunning and so you're really getting it all but what you want to do is get it at a honda dealer that is really going to back it and really be around for you the same day service no appointment necessary all of that you're going to get at your main Honda of Dublin. So they're on Somal Road, just south of 270. Go over there, check them out, talk to the people that I know, and you will find out that it is the place to get your new Honda or any vehicle, really, because you can go on there used and certified used and find all sorts of great deals. Jermaine Honda of Dublin. We will come back. 
with Tell the Truth and wrap it up next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable. A special look inside the world of Ohio State Athletics and a special look inside Timmy's neckbeard. Monday at 6. The Fan. Tell the Truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, take us home. All right, so I have to ask this. I saw this in the dispatch today. It sounds like this PBR Cowboy Bar and Smokehouse is opening over in Easton next Thursday. Urban and Cowboy. One of the uh, one of the things that they're highlighting that's going to be in this bar is a mechanical bull. Now, if you've ever seen those at some type of bar like that, you know they can be pretty aggressive. If I put it on the highest setting... How much would I have to pay you to ride the mechanical bull? Have I had a couple drinks in me in this scenario, CV? I think it's appropriate. Mm. Um, I've never done this. Would you pay him to stay on it for a certain amount of seconds? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't know if you were going to play the drums for yourself. No, I didn't think that oh, okay. was worthy of oh. the snare. Okay. Um, man. It's not something I've ever done, as I just stated. It's not something I've ever wanted to do. But if there's mm-hmm. money on the line, and if, CB, oh. you're telling me you got an unlimited bank account with that big employee of the year check you cashed a few months ago, I'd do it for, you know, about a, a grand. Yeah, Wait, not? what? To just get, oh, to the get on the highest setting, though, is what he said. So it's taking you for a ride. I'm thinking it's, it's like with that real one life, arm like, just flailing. Yeah. He's his number I, is admirably high to most things I ask him. All right, there's a number, and I'm not going to say what I've asked him in the past over the years. <laughs> but his number is always like astronomically high, yeah, and it's yeah. amazing the uh, integrity the man has. Well, he I le- cannot be bought for just the normal person's price. I learned from Kevin Hart in forty year old version: aim high, Willis. Aim high. So I'm always going to start there. So I'll do it for a grand. I'll do it for a stack. Where you at? I'm not doing okay, it. Okay. No, um, no dollar figure for this. Nah, even- I don't like. Listen, I don't like. It's fine. It's not a real bull. I get it. Oh. Probably not going to get injured. You want the real bulls? Is that no? I don't <laughs> want that either. I actually root for the bull. Um, wow. Whoa, come out wow. Of the he wants the um, human <laughs> to get injured. Not injured. Oh. Just learn a lesson. Oh. Don't mess lesson. with the horns. I got you, Bender. So there's you no mess price? with the bull, you get the horn. There's no price. I would contribute to watching you do it. Oh, come on. No, that's what I'm saying. We got to do a tandem jump into this thing, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. A double seater. No, well, I'll see now. On the bike. Why, why do I have an alarm going off right Or on now? the bull. Did you guys hear that? My alarm Has anyone going. ever gone with a tandem jump on the mechanical I bull? I have not seen that. I, I have never seen Maddie's it. Maddie's pitching. <laughs> for a sequel to Urban Cowboy. Right now, today is true. All right, moving on. Uh, today's national day of today is National Banana Bread Day. Oh. My question is to Maddie Ice, is this a carb worth having? It is. My, it is. I love banana nut bread. My problem is I've just been eating way too many carbs. It is really, <laughs> it's really time to start the summer diet, CB. I told you this off the air yesterday. You, do, you must do this in secret places because we never see it. It's time to lock in. Like I always <laughs> tell you, I can show you guys my bank statements and show you where I've been eating. I'm not trying to hide anything but it, I, I love banana nut bread hey are you That's warm good. that up in the microwave for a little bit you know put a little a little dollop of butter on there just a little dollop of butter on there yeah it's a good time i'm in uh, it's incredible i love that this show has turned into what would maddie do like the entire show has been amazing um <sighs> now you're not a big 
nut guy, though. You did say banana nut bread. Hey, are you watching me eat almonds every day? Well, that was his freestyle. What am I thinking? It's just generically banana bread, but he added the banana nut bread to the conversation. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm good on it. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm good either way. As good as it gets, I think. So, awesome. Yeah, Lance. All right, next up, which highly ranked college basketball team will you not trust in, in three weeks from now when it comes to tournament time? Oh, I'll tell you who I'm going to trust, and then I'm going to be mad that I did. And that's this Arizona team that I've been watching all year because mm-hmm. I don't know where they're ranked right now in the net, but I feel like there's this narrative of how good they are that's been going on that all I've been buying into just to watch them underachieve in this tournament. And so... Now, they didn't make the tournament a few years ago, and they lost in the Sweet 16 a couple years ago, and then they lost to Princeton last year. Like, they're the team I should not trust. They're showing me who they are. I should probably believe them. And also, I don't think the Pac-12, they're kind of weak, right? They are. Yeah. Um, To to mention your Arizona team, this was updated through last night's games. They are still the number three team in the net. Yeah, so they benefit by playing a really weak Pac-12. So what I And by the way, inexperienced head coach, right? Two, second year, third year guy. Mm-hmm. So he was an assistant at Gonzaga, so he knows about playing at a tournament, Tommy Lloyd does. But I just told you the team I'm going to fall for okay. and then complain that I did. Well, I've yeah. been saying it for weeks, and my answer is not going to change. It's the team that resides in the Big Ten that rocks gold mm. and black, the Boilermakers. No trust for me. No trust. You don't for believe me. this year will be different? No, not at all. You calling me a liar? I ain't calling you a truther. You're not calling the Virginia lose the 16 and win the title the next year, Ralph. By the way, Virginia's offense this year is an absolute it's, joke. It's hard to watch. It's an absolute joke. What, what are they averaging a game? Oh, man, I would love to they know that They won number. a game last week. I think it was like 49 to 47. Yeah, I watched them going to halftime uh, a week or two ago. See, it was like 13 points. I'm like, this is a this is a mess. Just win, baby. What's Tony Bennett making right now? Just win. I guess. Four, All right. four corner that thing. You got their points per game? I would love uh, to know. I'll, I'll look somebody. it up okay. real fast. Our final question for today and this week is, will Chris Holtman get a power six or a mid-major job this next coming season? I mean, it feels to me that he's going to be in the power six category. I, there's a lot of people that think highly of mm-hmm. him around the sport. So... Those on ADs and boosters, I get it, but I'll go power six. CB, is he is, with his buyout? Can he actually go get a job right now and double dip, or does that go away? Like, remember when Thad? That's a great question. I haven't seen the details on that contract, but I know with Thad's contract and his buyout, he had to at least, you know, interview for jobs and look for a new position. But yeah, I remember he when we went to Georgia. To get one. Um, by the way, I'm I'm like past like 250 teams that I still can't find. Virginia, like it's one of those <laughs> things so where, where I keep I keep having to click on the thing that says show more, they like more are... teams. I need to know this before we. Leave. Oh, here I got it. How many points? Actually, per game? it's higher than you think. Really? Yeah. What do you think? You've been good at this today. Um, I think Virginia's probably. Averaging Can you get like, within eight points? I'm a, they're probably averaging like I don't know, 67, 68 points a game. He did get in the window, sixty-four point one. It's a in twenty-seven games. <laughs> they're not the worst though. The Hartford Hawks, 44 a game. Mm. Shout out to Hartford. And the truth shall set you free!
Before we leave, if you miss Bill Landis, Max Chadwick talking all things Combine, and Marcus Moser hit us with the Cowboys and Raiders offseason preview. Wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice, and we'll be there waiting. And I am looking at a half-empty bottle of Cavatier, which means that we are just about out of time. No doubt about that. Enjoy your weekend, and we will be hitting you up again on Monday after the Jake Diebler show. Common Man and T-Bone take you through the afternoon. Rothman and Ice in the fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's ping pong game. The fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Updating the college football national championship odds for 2025. Georgia remains the favorite by ESPN Bet at plus 360. Ohio State has the second best odds at plus 425. Texas comes in at 8-1. Bama and Oregon are both 12-1. You can find Michigan with the eighth best odds at 16-1. And Penn State's 30-1. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studio. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. And I'm Timmy Hall. It's a hockey night on The Fan. The CBJ are back at Nationwide. 7 o'clock puck drop against the Sabres Margaritaville night. So bring your Hawaiian shirts. Yesterday, the Jackets made a trade. John Davidson told the station earlier this week that he wanted more picks. They sent Emil Bemstrom to the Penguins for Alex Nylander and a conditional six-round draft pick in 26. Women's college hoops. How about those Buckeyes? They keep winning. Kalen Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes keep losing. I mean, they lost again. But here now, the Buckeyes are 14-1 in Big Ten play. They got a two-game lead on Iowa. One more victory to clinch the Big Ten title. And the Bucks host Maryland on Sunday on Senior Day to do it. Checking the NBA, the Cavs back to action after losing to the Magic last night. They had East 7.30 tip at the Sixers. This one is sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free in-home estimate today at naturestone.com. It's